back corner <laughs> when I'm not presenting. Listening in. And listen in. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Bash University Live here on Tuesday night. Take a quick break. Watch John Cruz's on the Tokyo rig. Be a part of the show. Get some chances to win some awesome prizes. As fast you go. You know, we didn't have that back then. And, and it, dude, it, it can just... That text thread gives me so much energy. I mean, like I'm dialing... Welcome to Bash University Live. It's Tuesday night, and we're so excited to be here. It's been a crazy Bash University uh, week. We're right in the middle of it. We just come, we're fresh off Bash University classes, our Zoom uh, virtual classes. We're going on all weekend, last weekend, and we were doing it again this weekend with, a, with another great lineup of speakers, uh, and we're going to share all that information with you. So excited tonight, two-time Bassmaster Classic champ, Hank Cherry, is going to be with us tonight. Uh, man, we love having him on the show. Uh, he's, he's got two in the tank. He's going for three in a row. Can he pull it off? What an amazing feat that will be. It's never been done before. And uh, we can't wait to talk to him. We're going to be talking to him about how he does it, the mental side, how he, how he steps up in the moment when the lights are on and gets the W. Uh, man, he's he's always in the hunt in the big tournaments. Uh, and can't wait to talk to him about that and all of the techniques that he uses, his strengths, his weaknesses. We're going to be diving in deep with Hank Cherry, Bass University style. Bring your questions. Uh, hit us up on the chat board, uh, wherever you're watching, YouTube, Facebook, over at BashU.tv. Uh, let us know your questions. We'll, we're going to pass them along to Hank. And um, and if we use your question on the air, we're going to hook you up with something really, really cool, like we always do. And uh, it's going to be a great show. So glad you're with us tonight. Uh, can't wait to get Hank on the show. But right now, we got uh, we got BTC in studio kicking us off. Uh, here we go. Another Bash You Live, BTC. Uh, here we go, Peter. Uh, yeah, it's a beautiful Tuesday night in January in New Jersey. Yes, it's not, <laughs> no, it's not snowing here. No, it's actually nothing beautiful about it, but here we are anyhow, you know? <laughs> well, we got Rich, is, hey, Rich isn't with us tonight. There, BTC. What's that? We, uh, before you know it, uh, we're all going to be fishing in the spring weather. It's almost here, man. That's right. Blink your eyes and it will be here. We just, we just got out of the snow. We were worried we were going to get snowed out and sleet and black ice. And now we're facing it again, uh, coming up in, uh, we're going to be actually broadcasting out of South Carolina, so uh, we're right in the path of, of some nasty business, J.K., but we survived last weekend. I think we're going to do it again this weekend. Oh, are we ever, man. I'm so excited. I'm excited because it's winter. It's never winter down here, but maybe once every four years, and this time we get back-to-back -back winters. And let me define to you what a winter in the South is. When the water temperature goes below 50, I had a buddy out on the lake today. It is 49 <laughs> degrees, baby. We're going to have a winter. 
those fish are going to go in their wintering holes. It's going to be great. And uh, some guys are going to dust that old box of the, uh, the shad wraps off, and I'll probably donate to their cause whenever I get to go fishing. But uh, that just means I get to throw that Fritz side, man, and I'm excited about that. So uh, excited about the cold. We're going to have more cold. But, man, I'm more excited about these seminars this weekend. It's my favorite time of year, you know. I've been working on the calendar for Bass Street TV this year. I mean, guys, some of the content we're getting is just top-notch and, and maybe the best ever. So, quick, uh, quick rundown of our speakers this weekend. Hold, hold up, I, I have an object, objection. 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 There's no yeah. way this is your favorite time of the year, Justin. Huh? There's <laughs> no way this is your favorite time of the year. <laughs> I love when the fish winter, when they go straight from a fall pattern. Right, right. You don't even know what this is like. Okay. No, no, have, no, no. Actually, uh, I, I understand the winter bite. It's it stinks when they go straight from a fall pattern to a spawn. Because it just, unless you are the guy who like gets on them, you'll have all these tournaments where one guy wins by like six pounds. <laughs> you know, and it's nice to be that guy, but not all of us can always be that guy. It, it, it sounds so, terrible. They go from a fall pattern to the spawn. <laughs> it just, they just get a little bit more predictable. If you know where fish I will gotcha. go in the wintertime, they get a little bit more predictable on how they'll move up to spawn and stuff. And I, I don't know. I, I guess I've learned to love the winter. I've been around you guys. I've learned how to throw a blade bait. Yeah. I mean, I'm in love with that. Uh, we got the jigging spoon seminar from Brandon Cobb this year. I got geeked up on that. I can't wait to, to go drop a spoon. One of the things that I told myself I have to learn this year was a Demiki rig. I needed cold water to do it. I got to go to Lake Cumberland in February. Like, I want the cold water so I can go out there and get kind of acclimated. You know, I'm excited about that. But back to what Pete said. Quick rundown, Patrick Walters, fishing trees, going deep into the cypress trees he grew up on, timber, standing timber that he that he won out on Lake Fork, laydowns. You know, Pete, you're going to love this seminar. Um, his top five techniques for pre-spawn. John Cruz is bringing the Nico rig and talking about jigs, how you select them, the right jig for the right job. Going to break it down. Um he may even talk about that new uh, mini mini swim jig, which I see right here. That's a nice little piece right there. Um, but uh, Greg De Palma, the Carolina rig, uh, and when to, choose, when to choose the right topwater. I'm with you, Pete. I, I love the Carolina rig, too. Um, Matt Airy talking about underspins. Now, why would I go do that? You know, well, we just have, have you know, maybe – Maybe he's one of my picks to win the classic. Maybe he does it on that. You never know, but uh, he's given us the seminar. I'm super excited about that. Um, when things get tough, know when to downsize. Last week, we had go big or go oh, home. No. Yeah, know when to upsize your lures with Brian Thrift. Now we're getting with his buddy talking about when to go micro. Um, so a lot of cool techniques that are gonna, he's going to unveil there. Brandon Cobb's top five for post-spawn. We got you in the pre-spawn. Last week we had Heron's top five for summertime. Nice little top five series coming to Bash UTV this this year. Um, one I'm looking forward to the most, Pete. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm dragging this out. But man, tournament strategies with Brandon Cobb. Run and gun versus slow and methodical. Mm. I don't know who would want to tackle that as a seminar, but if anybody can do it, it's Brandon Cobb, and you know that. And the, the sight fishing master, Drew Cook, he's one of the best in the game, already dropped 
one golden nugget of a tidbit on a Bashu live show he joined us for, he is going to bring even more in this in this episode. That was the greatest nugget. What was that? <laughs> Harassing the fish the night before. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, there's good. more that blow your mind. You think that one was good? Just wait. Just wait till we get this seminar with Drew. And then well. he's going to do shallow to deep water swim jigs. Most people think the swim jig is just a, a shallow water tool. You know, Drew's talking to me about catching them in 15, 20, 35 feet of water on a swim jig. What? Cannot wait to unveil that um, and talk to talk about it top to bottom. Man, I'm just so excited about this this list of Go topics. Get tickets, like, guys. The, get I put the link on the uh, on the IM. So uh, get yourself signed up. Get yourself some tickets. I see Dr Joe Drowns wants some more kayak stuff. Uh, coming soon, coming soon, Joe. Mm -hmm. Hang in there. We got some uh, some cool stuff coming your way real soon at Bash UTV. And JK, you love this time of year. Alex loves this time of year too. He gets to go ice fishing where he lives. <laughs> I sure Are do, you? Pete. It's we haven't quite got out there yet, at least in my neck of the woods. It's not thick enough yet, but I am excited to get out there. Probably another week or two, we'll get out there, get out the wrap a jig and wraps and see what we can't yank through the hole yes Ooh. i've seen some btc they have luxury ice fishing shacks <laughs> have you seen those man I, i've seen them you know what i mean dude I, I i saw some i saw some videos where they where that you call they will trailer this shack out to the ice on wheels they lower it on down on the ice and then they cut the holes for you and you have TV, stove, refrigerator, sofas, bed. You know, it's just full luxury out on the ice. I'm down with all that, but the TVs. But man, that that's like, <laughs> like as a kid on on the couch on Saturday mornings watching watching the you know cartoons ended and rolled into the fishing shows. I just remember like sitting on the couch thinking like I'm on an island and it's water all around me fishing. You know, it's just like it's like a, a dream. To like sit in a yeah. shanty and like on a couch with music playing and fishing rod in your hand. Dude, it's awesome. It oh, looks yeah. awesome. Yeah. I got to do I that. I have never been. D DQ, Rapala, if you guys are listening, we need an invite to come up to Minnesota and do some ice fishing. We've never been. Um, looks like a blast. But, uh, Heck yeah. But we, uh, we don't have ice around here. I know, um, you know, we've got tournaments getting started. We're going to be down in Florida. We're going to be talking to Hank Cherry. Uh, about a lot of stuff, including the upcoming tournament season and the upcoming classic on on uh, Lake Hartwell, where he's going to try to hit three grand slams in a row. Can it be done? We will uh, we will see where his head is with things. So get your questions together for Hank. And uh, we've got a lot of great prizes. And I'm going to throw it back to you, JK, because as always, we're giving away a, a, a bunch of great stuff tonight. So I'm going to let you run it down. Yeah, man, let's start with the Facebook like and share tonight. We've got a uh, $50 uh, TH Marine uh, gift card. And BTC, correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, at any point during this, this announcement, I'm taking Riz's place tonight. Um, guys, we got two Gills gift cards that were uh, – Gills gear gift cards. $25. That were given away. Um, what are they, $45 a pop? $25. $25. I tried to give you guys more money. but I mean, I tried. But uh, either way. I'm I'm uh, I'm excited about Gills. I uh, got my warm jacket on tonight. It's feeling nice and toasty up in this office. Uh, oh gosh, the grand prize, 
the rugged road cooler. That's a value of three hundred dollars, right? Woo! BT, that's come right. Three hundred dollars. Who do we have to thank for that? Where did that come from? Our guest tonight, Hank Cherry. Oh, oh thank you, Hank. Yeah. Saint Hank tonight, give it, hooking somebody up with a cooler. Thanks, Cherry. Guys, I've been traveling with a cooler a lot lately, just sticking it in the back of the truck. It's kind of nice. Um, gosh, what else do we got? We got a uh, guys. If you haven't joined the program right now. Now's the time where you start your new year's resolution with us resolve to catch more and bigger bass. The 60 days free. Pete's not going to do that again this year. He won't, he won't let me do it. You know, it's not going to happen. We did it. We did it last year, new year's and he was generous coming out of Christmas guys. Take that 60 days while you can. <laughs> um, gosh. And what's our annual uh, uh, gift. If you guys want to sign up annually right now, I believe the uh, prize. What what do we got, Pete, for that? A hat, a brooch, yeah, and a pterodactyl. Uh, University hat, a face That's shield, and uh, and we're and it's a real. It's the discounted rate even for annuals that coming in at a hundred nineteen dollars for an annual subscription. That's right. Sorry, I almost went lower, and I, I didn't want I didn't want to say that because I was like, wait, we're giving away a hat. So uh, yeah, that's a twenty five dollar, gosh, thirty something other dollar value for the gift gift pack with the discount guys that's no better time to join than right now it's cabin fever if you're like me you've got baits all over your your office they're just everywhere now's the time to join go over sign up subscribers are going to be the ones who are winning prizes tonight guys so uh so uh join us take the free trial come over and maybe maybe your question gets picked and you win a prize what i missed btc I think that's good for now. I got one to hit when we get back from the break, but let's take that commercial break and get right on back with Hank Cherry. Hank Cherry, two-time classic champ, will be here with us momentarily. Stay with us. We'll be right back after this. Aquaview, the leader in underwater viewing technology. Find what you are looking for. Catch more fish. Have more fun. Aquaview. Seeing is believing. Why do you love catching fishing rods? I'm truly losing less fish. Is the sensitivity of the rod. That's made right here in North Carolina in the USA. Strongest, lightest rod, 100% made here in Sanford, North Carolina. From the drop shot rod to the flipping stick, every rod has a purpose to it, and I rely on them all the time when I'm out doing a tournament. Durability in the John Cruz Worming Series, the counterbalancing in the handle. It's the only rod I found that can withstand my hooks up. Boom goes the dynamite. obsessed. There's no place on earth we'd rather be than right here, right now. Performance-driven gear, so you can fish longer, harder. Gills Performance Fishing. Welcome back to Bass University Live. So glad you could join us tonight. I'm, uh, I'm thrilled to death. We've got, uh, man, one of the greatest anglers on the planet is going to be uh, spending some time with us right now. And he's, uh, he's also one of the best 
Bash University instructors, a fan favorite with us because he always gives up the goods uh, like we like to see at Bash University. We we demand from all of our guys, but uh, we're so glad to have him with us. Two-time Bassmaster Classic champ, maybe three in a row. Who knows, but we're tickled to death to have him with us tonight. The, the great, the champ, Hank Cherry. How are you, buddy? I'm good, guys. How are y'all tonight? Man, we're, we're great. Anytime we get a chance to talk fishing, hey, anytime we get a classic champ on, we're, we're thrilled to death, man. We're glad you can make some time with us tonight. Uh, look, looking forward to it. Anytime I get a chance to talk, I'm more than willing to do it. Any, anything I can't talk about, my wife, as you've seen, she'll jump on here and she can talk to you. So <laughs> Hell <talking>. yeah. <laughs> well, we'll make, we'll make sure to bring her in. I can't wait to, <laughs> to hear some of the cherry stories from the years past, but, uh, but I know you were just mentioning on the on the break that uh, you were getting pummeled on uh, as the number one question at the boat show was like, "What are you going to do if you win three in a row, Hank?" Well, you know they'd ask that, and they're like, "Do you want to win three? You think you can do it?" I'm like, "It's kind of a dumb question. Do I want to win?" I mean, <laughs> but, you know, I don't I don't know. You don't expect them when when wins happen, they just come. I'm I it's a place that I feel comfortable at. But I've said a hundred times, it's also the time of year. And it's at a fishery where probably anybody in the field can do it fishing however they want to. Um, it's turned out it's going to be a good tournament. It went from really, really unseasonably warm weather to now we're cold. Night uh, had a big snow. Nights way down where they need to be. It's going to drop that water temperature down, and it'll actually I think it'll help because I think it'll put the fish back in their cycle to where. When March rolls around, they'll be thinking about coming up and wanting to go do their thing. So I think it's going to make out for a much better tournament than if it would have stayed warm. Mm. Playing into your hands, playing into the the jerk bait bite, and uh, I got to ask you this: which stretch of riprap are you going to win the classic on down at Lake Hartwell? <laughs> I don't know. That, I, I really don't know that it'll come off of riprap at Hartwell. Um, if I were to do that, I mean, you could catch them off the riprap at Hartwell. There's 100 bridges i just think more it's going to be about uh being at the right place the right time especially early in the morning and capitalizing on that herring bite at least that's what i'm hoping yeah that's funny i i have i fish there i know jk has too it's, it's just covered up in riprap and i'm i'm thinking preparing to have you on the show and i'm thinking my gosh how is he gonna pick there's like miles of riprap mm. on this lake well there are sections that are better than the others and there's certainly different creeks that are better at different times but like i said with the weather we've had this year um it's going to be interesting to see how everybody picks it apart not just myself but everybody because i think it's going to be one of those deals where um it can be one from you know that two foot margin all the way out to the timber in the 40s it's just going to i think the weather patterns leading up to the tournament are really going to dictate what style is going to prevail at the end well you're you're doing a lot of strategy and that's, that's great. Cause that's one of the things that we really wanted to dive in tonight is, and we, we, we're looking at your record and it's stellar in the big derbies. You're you're, it seems like you're always in the hunt. Of course you, you got two wins in a row. Um, and the, you know, I, I guess how do you prepare differently for the big tournaments mentally or, uh, or do you, is it like every other tournament? Do you do anything different when the lights are on? Uh, because you're just, you always seem to be in the hunt when they are. It just seems that 
like with the classic, there's no points involved. So it's kind of like you pick your best arsenal, you put your best team forward, and you go play. Not that you don't do that in a regular season event, but you have to look at points, and you like you have to assist in your head. Okay, is this one I can win, or is this one I need need to put for par? And the funny thing about that in regular tournaments, lots of times when you find yourself just trying to putt for par and stay above water, they end up being your better tournaments because you're not expecting anything. Like one of the biggest letdowns to me in tournament fishing, and it's happened to everybody that does it, you found and they're going to bite first thing, and then you pull up and you don't catch one. And that just kind of makes your day go backwards and it, it drives you nuts. But with the classic, it's kind of like, um, you know, like I said, you, you, you pick your game plan, you pick and you run, you know, that they're first, I mean, there's other places to finish, but everybody wants that first. So with no points, it's much easier to go and just try to blow it out the water than concentrate on, well, it's four hours into it and I haven't had a bite. I mean, On a place like you make that stretch where you make those five, six, seven casts in a row, you boat 15, 17 pounds, you're right in the game. Yeah, I'm, I'm uh, I, I hear you, Hank, and I, I'm, I'm suffering with a little uh, technical glitch on my end. I don't know if you guys could hear Hank, he was getting kind of choppy on my end, but I was. Uh, I was listening to, to everything, and it's it's interesting that you're right. The, what you said was, the, and and to me, that's the biggest challenge in fishing, is when you show up to an area and those fish have left, and you got to try to recover from that. But because man, that's amazing. It's an amazing thought process because there's no points involved. Man, you you it doesn't even occur to you. You just shut that off and keep rolling for the win. Yeah, you, you got to. You just got to try to keep adjusting, adjusting. And, you know, it's just one of those deals where it's kind of that winner-take-all scenario, and it just that just appeals to me because um, even when the classic comes and I go practice, I don't bring all this A, B, C, D, E, F game plan stuff. I bring my A game, and we're either going to do that or we're going to hang out with folks at the show, one of the two. Mm. Hank, I, I want to get a little technical here. Um you know, you're obviously, when the camera's been on you in some of those big moments, people obviously see you and associate you as a jerkbait fisherman or, or whatever. <clears throat> and I feel like I've, I've paid pretty close attention to you. You know, we, we can talk about some of your great classics. Uh, we, like, like Pete's talking about you shining in these big derbies. Man, we saw you at Grand. Everybody knows about uh, that one and what you were throwing. Everybody, you know, may not know at Conroe you had a great classic and uh, you were on a jerkbait bite there too. Uh, you know, we've seen you pull out the jig a little bit too. And, um, these classics that you won with the jig and the jerkbait playing, man, I'm telling you, like I, I told Pete, I said, man, I think Hank's a, a jig and a jerkbait guy. Is that true, Hank? Or is that how, is that true to classify you as that? Is that fair? Well, I love, those are probably my two favorite things to do. I love throwing a jig and I love throwing jerkbait and they're opposite ends of the spectrum, but that's my comfort zone. That's what I grew up throwing a lot. And I found that we fish a little different in the Carolinas than they do really across the country. And it seems like some of the oddball stuff we do here tends to work out for me all around the country. So I try when I go fish any kind of tournament, 
I just try to do what I'm most comfortable with and hopefully it works out for the best. So you're, would you, you would classify jig and a jerk bait as your strengths. What, what is, what is Hank Cherry's biggest weakness out there? What, what, what are you working on in 2022? By far, my biggest weakness is just big, rough water. I just don't take it well. Physically, I don't take it well. Um, and it's always around, it's always around smallmouth because the problem I have with them is practice will be wonderful and I'll find them and I'll know my drifts. I'll know the rock piles. I know all this, I know all that. And the whole time I'm out there, we'll have some kind of goofed up weather. I don't have the experience and the confidence to get back on it. And the whole time I'm doing it, I'm thinking, man, I should be up there jerking right now. So <laughs> it's just that that's my thing is out way out off the bank is, is my biggest weakness by far. Wow. Well, it's, it's, that's certainly challenging. And, uh, you have some of those big waters on your schedule this year. So, uh, you know, you're going to, you're going to get a chance to build on that for sure. For sure. Especially when we go up to Ohio, that's a, that's a, it's a big place. Uh, it got rough last time. I actually, uh, tore my shoulder up the last time we were there. So I'm looking to get some revenge at that place, but it's, it's not that I can't do it. It's just one of those things where if I'm pitching and the catcher keeps calling for a curveball, but I really want to throw my fastball. I really want to throw my fastball. <laughs> Sooner or later, you keep throwing that fastball, somebody's going to crush it. But I, I like the way things have been working out for me, especially the past four years or so, and I'm just going to keep doing that. Man, I'm on your strengths. I love that. I love that. I'm doubling down on mine uh, this year as well uh, as my uh, New Year's resolution. And, uh, and I love to hear that. It's almost like you have to – you keep working your strengths and you wait for those patterns to come around to you. And you're in such a great position when that happens to win, you know, but uh, when is what, when is what we all want. That's it. That's it. Now, you know, the, the mental side of this um, is, is the decision-making part of it is, is such a big deal. Do you, do you, how do you prepare for making those tough decisions? Do you, do you, do you do any, like, I know, I mean, you're a baseball guy, uh, you know, there's a lot of thing, you know, situational practice that goes into that game. Uh, wh what do you do to help your, uh, your decision-making process in these derbies? Um, I try to just, I try to just make sure that I take care of what I control, the variables that are in my control and the rest I just let go. There was a, there was a period of time where I tried to control everything and plan for everything. And you really just can't do that. Um, I've learned some valuable lessons, uh, different parts of the country, different things, just to, you know, count on things that are going to happen, like, you know, rough weather, Florida is always going to be a cold front, things of those nature. But I really just try to remind myself that I'm doing this because I love what I do. I need to make checks to take care of my family. And as long as I use the tools that are at my hand and, and I go out and compete on tournament day, to the best of my ability, then even if I don't catch them, it, it wasn't a failure. It just didn't work out that day. Everybody, everybody concentrates on people in the field and this guy lives here and this guy lives there. But in reality, we're all competing against the fish and X amount of people get paid. And at the end of the day, you want to be one of those X guys that gets paid. And that's the way I look at it. Yeah, that's a well, great, that, a lot of mental toughness there, JK. Yeah, that's a great way to look at it mentally. And you can tell, you know, why he's won two in a row. We, I mean, we all experienced the heartbreak with Hank back in, what was it, 13 or so? 
um, at Grand um, and to see you come back and, and do that. There's a lot to what you just spoke to mentally uh, for probably, you know, how you transformed and grew up, I guess, and, and got better there. Now I want to ask you on the technical side of things. All right. So we just got kind of a mental approach on the technical side of things. The Hank Cherry who just won back-to-back classics. What's different about that Hank Cherry now than the Hank Cherry that uh, we saw back in 13? Technically, technically. Um, technically, you know, I don't lose near as many fish as I used to as far as technically in fishing. Like, I always still got a lot of bites, and everybody said, well, at least you're around them. And I, I would lose a lot of fish, whether I panicked or maybe my equipment wasn't exactly right. And through tooling with my head and just more practice and especially with the jerk bait and experiment with rod reel, line combos, this, that, and the other, I've just got, I've got it down to kind of a science or system that, uh, that works for me. Uh, I know something very technical I used to work on. Uh, I worked on a bunch was uh, setting the hook on my jig. Mm. I was really, really bad about either slacklining them or getting them too tight. And mm. I really concentrated and I just know that that line stretch that I'm looking for before I come up and it's second nature now, it just happens. It sounds uh -huh. stupid but and trivial, but it can make the difference between driving the hook through a seven pounder's mouth or him just having it in his crushers and jumping and spitting it. Those kind yeah. of things are what I've really worked on that, that I think have kind of taken me a step forward in my fishing career. Yeah, and so you didn't, you weren't satisfied with just being an all-star. You went all-star to MVP, and that's that's it, guys. You know, Pete, kind of like what you were talking about, focusing on those strengths and stuff. You you do that along with the execution side. His batting average went up. That's what I hear. That's what I hear. Yeah, the 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 strike to catch ratio, focusing there, uh, being being able to identify that problem was huge, right? You you're already a super talented angler. You've identified an area that you can improve on. Uh, man, I think people don't realize that's a great thing because so often as anglers, maybe we might not know why we're messing up or, or even be able to identify, but you've identified a, you identified a problem there and we're able to fix it, man. That's a, that's huge. Well, it, it was another thing that I did was, um, I noticed I was getting a lot of wear and tear on my, on my right side because I continuously was doing everything right-handed when I'm naturally ambidextrous. So in the off-season when I fished all the wintertime derbies and whatnot, I pretty much kept a rod in my left hand. And now I think I'm just as good as caster, skipper, launch it out of my left hand than I am my right. So mm -hmm. the wear and tear is gone there. And I've learned to flip and pitch with both hands. So that takes a little bit of wear and tear off. It's just things that I've done to try to prolong my career and just maybe – uh, help me get a, a few extra bites every now and then when there's a tough corner or a tough spot to hit that if I only have to have the rod in one hand, I'm not going to have that angle. But if I can switch, I can go around something a little better with the other arm. And I've just seen that pay off from time to time. Man, I, I can imagine because I, I suffer and I know a lot of people do with rod fatigue, especially with that technique. And I get tendonitis in my right elbow. And I, I mean, I'm in, it's so awesome that you were able to do it with your your other hand if i could pitch and flip as easily with my left hand as i can my right it would uh it would eliminate that problem but man you've you've been able to to get it done how did you, you practice that a lot because i mean i tried 
there I cannot put that jig with my left hand anywhere near where I can do it with my right hand. Where I, where I live, though, we have lots of targets. We have tons of, you know, pontoons, floating docks, dock poles, things like that. And it's just one of those things where I was out one day goofing and I just kept in that hand and I was just trying to get it under as much stuff as I could with that left hand, with that left hand, with that left hand. Because then I've noticed on a lot of places, especially like in Florida, I pitch up there, I, I'm right, my hand's right on the reel. My hand's never left the rod. I don't have to rotate or change or anything. It's like my son, I actually taught him and he's grown up fishing now. He throws with left-handed reels. So he's always got the rod in his right hand and it's right back to his reel, which which he always asks me. And I don't really know the answer for because if you, if you give me a spinning rod, the rod's in my <laughs> right hand and the reel's in my left hand. So, you know, I don't know. But it's just little things like that, I think, that have just uh, helped my percentages go up, helped my casting accuracy go up. Um, and if you put all that together, it just equals you save time and put more fish in the boat. No, no doubt. No doubt. Now, uh, I mean, uh, we're here talking to Hank Cherry, two-time classic champ, about to take a shot at a third. The IM board is lit up, and I know a lot of guys, bash you guys want to ask some questions to you, Hank. So I'm going to pass it over to our boy Alex to uh, pass <clears throat> some IMs your way. Yeah, thanks, Pete. We got a lot of great questions coming in on the YouTube, Facebook, and of course over on the BassU.tv backslash live site. So I'm going to throw a couple of these at Hank here. And the first one is going to come from Coach. And Coach, for this question, you're going to win a $25 Gills Gear gift card. So please go ahead and send in your email, and we'll get that sent over to you as soon as possible when the show gets wrapped up. So, Hank, what Coach wants to know from you is when do you pick up the fire red stunna, and would you prefer that color in dingy or clear water? Oh, that, that was a that was a very popular question. Actually, this whole weekend, I did four seminars, and, and even when I wasn't talking jerk-based, they asked that question. Dead bait is um, one of those things that definitely has its time. Uh, I've seen it shine in stained water, and I've really, really seen them knock the paint off of it in clear water. You just have to have that situation where those fish have that bad attitude. They're thinking about, you know, everything transgressing, getting towards the spawning cycle and they're moving that direction. And um, all I can tell you, it's a trial and error thing, but when you pick the day and you're out there and they get on it, it's going to be some of the best bites you've ever had because they, they eat that thing like they eat uh, a red square bill or a red crankbait. I mean, it's just crazy the bites you get. And another thing to keep in mind is when that red crankbait pattern gets on at your local lake and you you find it hard to get a bite go back to those same areas with that red jerk bait and use it and bang it around off the rocks bang it off dock poles in the trees whatnot and i promise you you're going to pick up quite a few more fish that were left behind from that crankbait mm. well love it. love it coach great question as Excuse always coaches coaches always with us uh and uh hopefully maybe we'll see you this weekend at the at our live zoom seminars but i'm, I'm going to send it back to you alex who else do we have over there yeah, another really good one that came in was from Mr. Higgs. And Mr. Higgs, you're lucky enough to win the same prize as Coach. Go ahead, send in your email. We'll get a $25 Gills Gear gift card headed out your way. And Hank, what Mr. Higgs wants to know is when you're getting a lot of bites on a jerk bait, but you're not seeing a lot of size with those bites, what do you do to try to upsize that caliber of fish? Usually well, the first thing I do, if I'm getting a lot of bites, especially jerking, and they're not what I'm looking for, I've changed locations. I found that this time of year when it's cold and when you're getting closer, like I said, to the early pre-spawn, those bigger fish tend to congregate together. So I'm going around, I'm looking, especially in a tournament, I'm looking for those three, four, five, six pound fish 
if you're catching a bunch of pound, pound and a half or two pounders, you're around some fish, but they may, the bigger ones may be out further. They may be in closer. You may, you might look around and look for the closest secondary point or, you know, channel swing that's near you or sandy flat, or maybe a transition where it goes from rock to clay and just start filling around until you get that three pound bite and then start putting it together. When do you, when do you put it down? Like, all right, uh, the jerk bait, it's not the deal is, do, do you have a recipe for that? Or, uh, you know, how does that go this time of year for you? Um, for me, this time of year, generally, it's going to be the deal because in the winter, you don't need the wind to catch them on it. It's basically, uh, mm. you just gotta find them once I find them and I, and I get those first couple bites and I know that what zone they're in, I just have more confidence in that than doing anything else this time of year to catch a big bag of fish. Like I said, I like going to the jig, but I don't like throwing the jig when it's really, really cold. Like, I don't even like my jig hitting the bottom most of the time. Even when I'm skipping docks, it might go in and touch the bottom. If they don't get it on the fall, I'm always swimming in the back. Everything I'm doing fishing usually is moving. That's why I have such a hard time when we go to Florida and I got to throw a stick bait like a general. I throw it out there and I've got to just watch birds or look for turtles or look at manatees or something. <laughs> I got to give it time to get to the bottom. <laughs> I just, I'm just one of those guys that's constantly on the move. Even though I'm fishing slow, my bait's still always moving. Right, right. We, our, uh, our producer extraordinaire, Jeff Olson's the same way. He's got, he's got to be tunking and winding or, or it doesn't work. But, uh, I thought you were talking about me, Peter. Say that again. I thought you were talking about me. Producer extraordinaire. You're the, you're the greatest producer in the history of the world, right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> subtle distinction there but nonetheless <laughs> no that's great the questions keep coming in and i'm going to throw it back to you alex for another one yeah we got like pete said they are rolling in hot and heavy so this one hank is going to come from crank on the message board and crank put in your subscriber number we'll get a undetermined prize sent out your way and so hank what crank would like to know from you <laughs> is always being a great jerkbait fisherman in the past how has forward facing sonar evolved your jerkbait fishing and has it hurt or helped your jerkbait fishing yes hank answer this for crank hank <laughs> i would 100 percent tell you it has helped um i've caught a lot of fish off of them i've got to see with that forward facing my garments i've got to see how fish react to the bait how they set up um, one key thing that it's done for me, it paid off at the Gunnersville Classic, um, is I've been able to pay attention to fish and their location and know, okay, these fish are sitting out here in 16, they're not going to bite yet, but as soon as he's up there in 12, I know I can catch him. Like before, that wasn't available, so it was pretty much a guessing game and how long you had to wait and how long you had to stay. Now, especially this time of year, if I'm seeing fish that are in that, 10 to 12 foot range, even if they're out over 20 foot of water, I'm pretty sure that I can get that fish to bite. Now, if he's out there in 18, probably not going to mess with him unless I throw a swim bait or something to him. So it's definitely helped uh, my fishing and it's definitely helped me catch some fish that I never would have thrown at or seen if I didn't have it. Like if I'm facing into a pocket and going to turn to go out to the point and I turn the boat and all of a sudden there's two blobs that 60 feet sitting right in the middle of the pocket at five foot and I fire over to them jerk down they both go after it to catch a five pounder that's a fish I never would have casted at before because I didn't know it was there and now I can see everything I can see you know simple rock piles that I didn't know were there or I can see up under a dock well there's a piece of wood that's sticking off it's eight to ten inches longer off the side of that pole and there's a bass sitting on the side of it so it's also given me confidence to 
or locations, I should say, that I didn't know about even on my home lake. So when I pull up to a dock now, somebody says, says I say, throw over there, throw by that third pole, because there's about a, a two by four. It's about a foot long or sticking off. That's usually where he's sitting. They throw up there and catch one. They're like, how did you know that? Well, I didn't know that except for this forward-facing sonar. So it's definitely changed the game, and it's definitely helped me out a bunch. How about how about uh, retrieves? <clears throat> Have you altered your retrieves based on what you're seeing on forward-facing? Is it changing your cadence at all? Have you had to make adjustments or found some things that work better at times by using that? Um, sometimes you, you, you change it up a little bit. When you get one chasing, you notice sometimes you may have to give them a, short, a shorter pop or a longer pause, or you like play with them, I guess, like playing catch with your dog. But what it has done for me is I've gone down a bank without it on and maybe caught one or two and wanted to see what I missed. So I turn it back on and I come through there and I notice, well, crap, I should have been out about 20 yards further. So I get out. And then I throw those fish and watch them react. And it will be a totally different cadence than what I'm doing. I have known, I have started to see that sometimes with a jerk bait, and I've said it my whole life, but you really don't pay that much attention to it, that sometimes less movement is more and it attracts yeah. them. Sometimes that violent jerking, they don't want nothing to do with it. But when you're just kind of snatching, twitching it lightly and it looks kind of injured, Lots of times, especially this time of year, those big fish just come straight to it and never stop on the screen. And all of a sudden, your line just tightens up, and that's pretty cool. Yeah, that is cool, man. And guys, if you missed it last year, Hank's got the jerkbait seminar of the century on Bass UTV, and you need to go. You need to go watch it. He can answer all the questions probably that don't get asked tonight on tonight's show. I got I got to sneak one in here real quick before we go back to our guys on the board. Hank, we're gonna play a little scenario okay right. you're gonna be thankful that this obviously is not gonna be true but <laughs> i'm gonna take all the jigs and all the jerk baits out of your boat how this, and this is at the classic at lake hartwell how on earth will hank pull off number three how would how would you win how would you expect to win if i took Try all it. the baits and jigs out of your boat uh I guess to replace them would be like a uh, 5.5 square bull and a Berkeley swimmer and and I guess the third would be the the new Picasso shock blade with the carbon blade. If you have never seen that, that thing's pretty wicked. So uh, that would be the that would be the three things that that would go. And that's three things that I'll probably have to add on anyhow. So you just took the other two options away, but. Um, <laughs> The, the, I mean, I have just as much, I have, I have just as much confidence doing those things as I do jerking and jigging, but I would prefer to catch them with a jerk bait or a jig. Now I love nice. catching them on a square bill, any kind of bladed jig. I love to catch them on. I mean, that's what a lot of people forget, but pretty much 26 of the 29, whatever pounds the first day at Gunnersville came off <laughs> a bladed jig in the grass and yep. I had, I had to move before the crowd came or I knew I wouldn't have it again any other day, which turned out to be bad because I don't think I caught but a couple more there anyhow. So um, <laughs> but that's how I would, that's how I would attack. It. Yeah, that's great. I, I'm, I don't mean to go gear gear geek right now, but there's a lot of new sweet colors in that square bill. Wasn't there? I saw some, some slick trans type crawl colors and stuff. They have that in the H H HD colors, but I told people, yeah. um, 
I tell people all the time, and I was telling them to share this week that, you know, Burke has really stepped up their game on their bait making and their colors. And I think we've all come to realize for so long, and y'all could probably maybe agree with me, you go into any big tackle store and probably 50 to 60% of the colors in there caught fishermen and not fish. Y'all agree? Word. I mean, I, th I think that's the, I think that's the truth. But at the same time, I tell people with, with the jerk bait aspect of things, the top three that I have most confident in, if you don't have the same confidence I do, you're probably not going to catch as many fish as I do on it. Mm. And that's the way, I think that's the way, that's what makes fishing special where everybody can do it their way and have their thing. There's no right or wrong way if you have confidence because at the end of the day, you're the one that's in charge of your boat and you're the one that's making the decisions. Yeah. yeah so, and I, so I guess the moral of that story is if there's a, 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 a Hank Cherry residual income coming off the, the bait, you should buy as many different colors as possible. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can tell you this. I can tell you this. I can tell you this, and they have, people have gone through my box. I've given this challenge. I guarantee you throughout the year, you will see me throw every single color that we have out. They are fish catching colors. It's just mm -hmm. not like pink and white Wonder Bread, nothing like that. They're just straight up good fish catching colors. Yeah. And let, you. And let's give him a thank you real quick. Let me thank you for bringing us some of the, let's just call it what it was, the discontinued mega bass colors that everybody was just fighting over and could not find. And thank God, Hank brought a couple of those back and my God, did they catch they do i mean look there's nothing bad that i can say about mega bass i've won a lot of money throwing them i love the people over there i don't talk bad about them i, I work for berkeley so my idea with building the, the stunner was let's build a great jerk bait and let's get the best colors we possibly can that are right and get them out to the public like i'm gonna throw them i'm gonna use them i'm gonna talk about it i could there were several that i could have just really probably pushed on and not got released till maybe after Hartwell. But I think the whole point of this is growing the industry and it starts with just being upfront about everything and giving people a good bait at a reasonable price. And I'm using it and I wanted a bait. This is specific. Now I wanted a bait that you could throw right out of the pack. That's one of the downfalls that I've had is some dirt based, no knock on mega bass. Like I told you, they have a great product. I'm just not very keen on their hooks. That's all. That's it. They're, they're paint skin, bait, everything wonderful. With that stunner, I wanted people to be able to buy it straight on the pack, tie it on, go fishing, and have good quality hooks, good quality paint job, good quality bait, and catch fish. Right on, dude. It's it's a great bait, and uh, you said something that I wanted to dive in because you said this time of year the wind doesn't matter, and what why is that, and when does the wind matter when you're throwing a jerk bait? So, like around my house. The wind matters the most, I think, to like the crankbait guys because the, the wind pounds in there. It needs to blow hard, and you get mud lines, and the spotted bass really just kind of magnetate. They go straight to those mud lines and the big largemouth, and it activates feeding. So I think those fish are easier to catch, which makes cranking in the wind much easier. Now, when you're throwing a jerkbait, especially in the wintertime, if you're looking for those suspended fish, if you're not fishing it up real shallow, they're out there anyhow. They're going to adjust with the sunlight, cloudy days, sunny days, depending on how they are on a point or on a bank or whatnot. But you don't need as much wind to fool them. Now, you might not get as many bites, but still, it's cold. With my bait, you're doing that jerk, pause, jerk, pause. And as you pause, that bait's got the little shimmy to it that we put in it. It's kind of slow sinking. So it's actually doing stuff 
when you're not messing with it. And I just think that too many people put it down when the wind doesn't blow, when that was probably the better option than going to like the shaky head or the football jig. Great. Well, it's great stuff. Gives us all a great uh, understanding of the wind. And I'm going to send it back over to you, Alex, because, man, they just keep ripping off uh, with questions. They're, they want to know more, Hank. Yeah, see, we got a really good question that came in off of YouTube from Wesley Wardlaw. And Hank, what he came, wants to know is, came in four how times, fish right? act differently when the dam is pulling water versus when it is not pulling water? And how do you plan ahead for that? And then he adds, especially on those herring lakes in the Carolinas on a jerk bait. You know, <laughs> typically I don't fish far enough up in the river, and that's where it really turns the fish on and off in, in my part of the country. I don't fish far enough up in the river to worry about the current and the tide and all that. I pay attention a lot to whatever, if we're going to have every, whatever kind of wind we're going to have, whatever direction. And when I say that, because I said the wind doesn't matter that much, if I still know the direction, typically for me this time of year, the backside of a point where it's not getting the wind is where those fish load up. And that, that doesn't get as fish as much as that direct spot. But when you're chasing herring fish, you're chasing the fish that just does not want to sit still. And when they're on herring, you're not going to catch a fish that's on herring in two to three foot of water most of the time unless they run them up there. So I'm just looking for places, um, long flat points. I love red clay. I love sand. Just places where they can get suspend. And if some of those herring push up out of that, you know, that deeper water, come get some sunshine or just happen to come across that point where they can eat and take advantage of it. At Hartwell, a good place for it is it'll be where the point runs out and then the timber hits. Typically, they won't be in the timber and they'll be somewhere off the point right before the timber and you can take advantage of it that way. But a herring bite is so finicky that one day you can load the boat and the next day you just scratch your head like, what the hell just happened? Mm -hmm. That's herring. That's herring. That's where you're going. Uh, that's where you're going on Lake Hartwell, and uh, and we're we're all interested to see how that's going to play out. J.K., uh, I want to pass it to you to talk, uh, I guess, about Lake Hartwell or what is on your mind. Do you want to go into the pros panel right now? Man, I would love to jump into the pros panel and have Hank and, of course, yourself, Pete, uh, participate here at the end of this. Um, we got a great pros uh, panel tonight. Um, let's just dive into it. It's winter time, right? And uh, like I said, down here, even in Georgia, our water temps are, are, are it looks like we're going to have a winter. So we're excited about that. Um, at least I am. <laughs> so your, your favorite wintertime bait, I posed it to a lot of our best instructors, a lot of guys that we're working with this week, just, just our guys, you know, and, and I got a good amount of answers back. Pete, I want you to keep a tally category in the tally let's see let's see what uh what comes out on top what's the most you know popular the, it's your favorite wintertime bait when the water temperature gets below 50 okay so gotcha. john murray he says a blade bait fred rumbanis he's going jerk bait he likes to throw his i'm a flit 120 frog. his boat on a jerk bait frog <laughs> frog subsurface frog that's right <laughs> oh man so uh then uh brandon cobb's gonna go with the crankbait he's gonna throw his little dual hardcore uh 60 yozuri 60 
GDP, Greg De Palma, he just about gave me a seminar and I said, man, I'm sorry, you got to pick one, Greg. Because <laughs> yeah. he's like breaking it down like, hey, temperatures <laughs> fall from 50 to 48. There can be a six spinnerbait bite, which is what he said. And that's really good intel. He had some others, but I, I made him choose one. He's going with a small finesse swim bait on a ball head jig, a lightweight ball head jig on light line. He's going a three, like a 3.3 size on like an eighth or a 3.16 size. Um jig head so thanks gdp um drew cook he's going with the trap he's another one that didn't want to just give me one answer but i told him he had to um so yeah he, he's going the trap trap my boy patrick walters uh he's kind of cut out of the same mold of, of hank he's a jig and a jerkbait guy and then i told him he had to pick one and he said man you know which one jerkbait so uh another jerkbait uh, choice yep. for, for Patrick there. Uh, MDJ, Mark Daniels Jr., got back to me. Trap. Going with that trap. As a lot of these guys, too, it seemed like it was a jerkbait or a jig and they had to choose one, or a crankbait and a jerkbait and they had to choose one. Um, but uh, Matt Airy, speaking with us uh, this weekend, he's picking up his new spinning PJ. He loves the underspin. That's what he's going with. He's going to try to find that underspin bike. Um, again, this is their favorite. This is what they enjoy the most, not necessarily what they best, what they're best at, but what they enjoy the most. Um, Drew Benton, chalk another one up to the jerk bait. He's going with the suspending jerk bait. Um, Clay Johns, uh, uh, tackle warehouse rookie of the year last year. Brown jig was his answer. Just a straight up Brown jig. Um, Mr. Herring, uh, Rob Jordan, Lake Lanier. Going jerkbait in uh, his little herring pattern that he loves so much that he paints. Oh. Brandon Pump, love this one. Rapala jigging wrap number seven. That's oh. his thing to to play with when the water temperature gets below fifty. Reached out to Ish. Ish Monroe got back to me. He well, said, "There's I live a in California. What's hey. water temperature below 50. Ish got back uh, to somebody. Right. Round of applause. <laughs> but he but he did but he did give me an answer and he's going with the glide thing he's gonna he's gonna throw his s waiver around um and uh who else do i got i got one more oh yeah kvd kevin van dam deep diving jerkbait well so now i want to hear yours i'm gonna sneak mine in there my favorite one to throw is a jig but yeah. um Pete, I want to hear yours, and then Hank, I want to hear yours, and then Pete, I want a final tally. I want the numbers, the data. Man, you know, it's 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 interesting because I first thing I do is I have a question: Is it <laughs> falling water temperatures or rising water temperatures? <laughs> All right, it, it's it's wintertime bait, so it's we're definitely in the winter. So we're gonna go with when it gets below oh. fifty, falling yeah. down into the forties. I, I developed this mantra in, in my fishing that when the water temperature starts starts falling, I'm locking a jerk bait and a rattle trap in my hand. Mm, Got to pick one. So you're asking me to pick one. And I love fishing a lipless bait, man. I, I just love it. I love ripping it. The, you know, getting those crazy deflection strikes. Uh, they're both at the top of my list. I'm going to go with the lipless bait. I'm joining that group. Nice. 
How about you, Hank? Boy. Favorite. I'm going. One. Yeah, I'm going um, three inch chartreuse grub with silver flake with an eight ounce starter head. Whoa. All right, we got to unpack this. Time out. What? <laughs> Time out. I just asked him his favorite. He just gave something up, guys. And I, I don't think he was BSing us. Uh, all right, Hank, the, the, the seminar room is yours. <laughs> that's just, that's something that I learned here in the Carolinas. It's one of my, it's, you said favorite ways to catch them. That's one of my favorite ways to catch them. Once it gets below 50 and stays there, um, that little bait can be uh, swam through the water at all different depths. And you just would not believe the size of the bass that you catch on that thing. It is crazy. Um, clear water too. Yeah. Just as clear water. It's just a chartreuse grub, silver flake. It's, it's, tra it's translucent grub. If I, if I could have somebody go out to the garage and get one, but it's just something that I'm telling you, it will catch everything in the lake. You get lots of bites and you catch lots of big ones. Okay. Eighth ounce darter head, <clears throat> translucent chartreuse with silver flake yep. grub. Yep. How long is the grub? Is it like a big grub? Is it a three inches. Grub? Three inches. Little, little bitty guy. Three yep. inches. I'm writing all this down. I'm gonna have to try this. Oh, dude, that's that's what we grew up on was the grub. I yep. know, but nobody throws them anymore. Everybody throws a little Kitek or a power swimmer or something. You know, it's like, it's just like. The spinnerbait, you know, the A-Rig and Chatterbait got everybody from a spinnerbait. Now they're eating spinnerbaits again. It's They got to eat it, you know. And I, golly, I, you know how many how many guys with too many big egos won't even throw that, like that Hank just said? They're like, I'm not going to be caught dead. Why are you talking throw about Ish? He got back to you. Relax. <laughs> I throw it on a seven-foot <laughs> medium-action rod, 10-pound fluorocarbon on a bait caster. And on the bait caster? Oh, yeah, they bite it. What do you got to go down to like a, like your Abu guy. So like an MGX, you got to go, go lightweight, like a small, smaller. I thought, reel, on, my regular, I thought on my regular STX. Okay. Get out there. Let Ten it roll. Yep. So you're, Eight you're just, are you, you're just cranking that in. I know you're not, yeah. you're not dragging it on the bottom. No, I just kind of swim it back. Kind of steady pulls of the rod, shaking the rod tip. And it's just kind of doing this. When you get a bite, it'll speed like a thing. Yeah. And they're uh, so you're working with your rod. <clears throat> yep. Working with the rod. Work with my rod. Just like this, huh? Mm -hmm. Ooh. I got a new toy to play with. Well, I got to go hunt down that, that grub first, but. I mean, grub could uh, be the key. That'd be kind of hard to find, but definitely, yes. That, that would be my favorite way to catch them, hands down. So what, what color is the grub again? It's a translucent <laughs> chartreuse with light silver flake in it. Yeah. All right. Smoke I feel, I feel, yeah, I feel like we threw a lot of that back in the day, the three inch and the five inch Kalins in a in a color very, very similar to that. Oh, that's cool, BTC. Oh yeah. Man, the 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 boys at Pure Fishing in Iowa right now, they're probably scrambling trying to pour pour Hank his grub with news that uh it's getting cold, you know. It's like, oh man, we gotta get Hank his beta. He's gonna win. Yeah, it's a, it's a, that's a definitely a fun, fun way to catch. But like I said, you catch everything. You'll catch, you'll catch some big slabs on it. You catch oh, giant yeah. um, stripers and uh, white bass and white perch and hybrids. And then you catch everything. some really big, large bass and spotted bass on it. 
Everything in the lake mm. eats it. It's a it's definitely a bite getter. Yep. And it's a below fifty thing. It's like you want the water temperature to be in the forties. Yeah, if it get if it get to that forty four, if it get to that forty four by anywhere around here that I go, it's on the deck and it's gonna get thrown the majority of the time. Ooh, wow. wow. You're gonna be throwing that uh in a couple months, maybe. There's probably a good chance it will definitely make a trip down there. That's cool. Oh, man. That's rad. Thanks for sharing that with us, man. Like you you gave up the Gave up the truth on your favorite bait on the list. So, Pete, give me the numbers, man. I guess we can we can or cannot categorize Hank with GDP with the small little swim bait because that's what a Kitek is, is a little grub. But that's up to you, Pete. You're the dean. Your yeah, test. that's you're, – you're right. They, they are definitely in, in a similar category, but similar but different. So, we're going to – we're going to – I mean, it's it all comes down to the the two baits that dominate what what guys with the pros like to fish that time of year, and uh, coming in in second place, everything else is tied for one vote. The the <laughs> trap, the lipless, the lipless bait is uh, is the second place finisher with three of us voting for that, and uh, the jerk bait dominating, dominating this scenario when the water temperature starts to fall, uh, you know. That's the time. I think you might be uh, influencing this vote, Hank. I'm not sure, but I, <laughs> I would have pegged Hank to to say jerkbait, to say stunner, and he didn't. He gave us something juicy. No, oh, that's. I mean, that's 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 the bait. I mean, if, if if you've been with me or guys around here that know about it and they've thrown it, they're probably mad right now. But <laughs> I mean, it's. It's definitely a really, really good fish catcher when the water is that cold. That's awesome. Well, we're all going to be doing it, and uh, <laughs> and Alex, I want to throw, I want to give away a few more things, throw a few more questions to Hank, and maybe Jacqueline will come on and and tell us a <laughs> tell us a parting story uh, uh, before we let you go, Hank. But uh, let, let's hit you with a couple more questions. Yeah, absolutely. So, Hank, we had this one coming on Facebook, and just like you gave up that juice there, the Facebook crew wants to beat some more juice out of you. So I heard this rumor yesterday as well. What Rui Jose wants to know is, what did you pick up from the Buka Bullshad swim bait booth at the show this weekend? I think a couple of people saw you perusing around that booth, and they were curious what you might have picked up out of there. Got uh, two uh, eight-inch Two eight-inch gizzard shag glide baits. I like the way the paint were, were on them. I really did. I thought they looked like they could just flop around on the shelf there. So um, I got some of there. But when I go to those shows, I like to go uh, shop and see all the neat stuff that you don't get to see all the time. And, and you know, some of the booths you go to, they try. They want to, I guess, because of that treat me. I'm a little special. Want to give you something, but I want to pay for it because I know they're there to work and to to make a living and I don't show up at the booth just cause I want something for free. I like to go buy. I've actually probably bought a lot more stuff than I really needed, but there was just some stuff there that was super cool. So I had to have it, but that, um, those two gizzard shad, uh, they just kept calling my name. I walked by like three times and every time I looked over there, it's like they were flapping that. <laughs> so I, I had to, I had to get those two. See, that's, right. that's the difference between a classic champ and me, I show up to get free. <laughs> we're, we're, we're trying, we're trying to use, trying to get a few free baits in the box. We'll work for Alex, Let me throw it back to you. What else you got? 
Yeah, another good one that came in, Hank, was Mark Denny wants to know, what are some good Carolina tactics that you believe have helped you excel all across the country as you travel around in the Elite Series? I like this question. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> wow. Definitely the jerk bait because we have adverse fisheries, I, I guess. We don't have grass, but we've got big fish around Jordan, Harris, and the Raleigh area. Then we have the spotted bass, and then I go to Lake um not too far from the house and fish for smallmouth um so that's really helped the, the jerk bait skill i think as far as uh things that have really helped um learning to, especially early in the year learning to pick out fish on stumps um on those hard to see hard to see spots because uh, they'll tend to get in that four or five foot of water where norman's pretty clear but you can see the stump but you can't see what's around it and lots of times uh, early in the season, you could take like a general wacky rig and skip the right stumps and land on them and catch those fish where um, before doing that kind of stuff, it would have been a, a crankbait or jerkbait right over the top of it. So it's allowed me to get more bites. I pay attention to more things in the water now with my eyes. So my glasses come in handy and I just got on actually with Hobie sunglasses and they have a lens called a sight master that I've been playing around with yes. for uh quite a few i guess on three months babe and been really impressed with that with the things i can see um especially like swimming my jig i like to do so much not necessarily a swim jig but swimming a flipping jig and when you can get it up under a float and i can pay attention if i have followers or just seeing that brush pilots on that back pole just things like that but mm. mentally, being mentally tough for being in the carolinas because you're around so many guys that fish all the time that fish professionally in the tournaments here, it is just one after another. And when you show up, you're fishing against the who's who's nine pounds out of 10. And then the local guys are so good. They'll beat the crap out of you on a regular basis. So it's kind of one of those things you can catch fish and the Lake Norman area or Lake Norman itself as tough as it is. And as weird as it is, I think you could take anything you learn there across the country and it make you more successful. Great, great answer. I, I happen to have the site master plus hobies right here yes and, uh, that is incredible lens. <laughs> and we also it's happen it. to have a promo code for tonight for people listening to the show this code ends friday uh 122 and the code is cherry 20 20 off hobie eyewear do, do yourself a favor they're already a really really good deal i think they're about 80 bucks is that about right and about uh right, yeah, yeah right I, about and, there and they're a fantastic uh polarized sunglasses for that like really good price for that you can see good out of them they float they're comfortable no headaches they don't slide off your head uh they're supporter of the show supporter of me supporter of bass fishing trying to make good eyewear at affordable price i'm telling you uh i'm definitely impressed and that sight master lens i'll put that up against anything else in the market you heard it right mm. there it, it is that good yeah it's amazing and uh and we, we love it a lot and uh we're we're you know we're proud to be uh, associated with hobie eyewear as well so uh so guys go check them out give give them a shot these these are pretty awesome i was able to use the site master all year last year and uh incredible pair of glasses they really block the light super lightweight like you said hank but uh go check them out guys yeah and uh that's good stuff, Hank. Man, I, I really, uh, really appreciate you coming visiting with us and uh, sharing some of this stuff. But I, I had a quick question for you because we were, we had Matt Airy with us on the Ike Live show, 
and he was talking about fishing as a co him and thrift and andy morgan all spent like a year fishing as co-anglers andy montgomery um, andy montgomery okay all went as co-anglers were you in that group did you spend time as a co-angler nope I, I i don't think i've ever fished a major event of any kind i had the back of the boat i, I don't know the reasoning or logic behind You're that control freak well there it goes <laughs> <laughs> and the truth <laughs> see that that see i just signed with rugged road and i got this big cooler over there and as soon as we're done i'm gonna put her back in the cooler for the night. <laughs> that part of the grand prize too oh it is isn't it yeah, yeah, yes it is she got is she gonna come with it with the cooler i don't know you want to go with the cooler you want to go on vacation she said I couldn't give her away. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I, I never did. I don't know why. Um, it just never dawned on me to get in the back of a boat. I don't, it's, I don't know. It's all good. Well, man. that trio, that trio was exceptional. And you're you're in that group. There's something about that that region of the country that is building excellent anglers. And uh I think you touched on it a little bit, but uh, you know, I mean is is it is it in the water what's going on out there you know i, I you know i don't know I, like i said we all grew up beating beating up against each other me and brian um old thrifty have fished a bunch of turn, team tournaments together fished with andy no matt real well um but it's not just them it goes on and on for the list of guys that are around here and that have fished that have fished professionally at one time or another been successful here and there what they're doing now it's just, I think the fisheries we've had historically have been kind of tough to catch them all. And when they, when they were good, like you really had to catch them or, you know, you got your butt kicked. And I think we all just took our licks and took our learnings and we've all learned a little bit from each other. We've learned a lot from experiences. But like I said, the same thing, like you take Andy with his dock fishing, you can't take anything with Brian because he's way out there. He's like, intelligent wise he's on another channel than we all are he i mean like he's crazy he's ocd to the top of mount everest <laughs> yeah he does but that dude that dude he just thinks on a whole nother level um and you know but all of us together i think we have just taken those experiences and taken them on the road and just learned to multiply on them and uh have successful careers uh, but it is kind of neat though when you look around if you draw a circle around from my house i don't know how many miles you got to go out and all the guys that uh fish yep. professionally and have been successful and then all the guys that are in the area that are coming up trying to do it i mean it's just um it's amazing and you have all the good kids that are here that, that fish around with us and they're going off to college on fishing scholarships drake's third one of them um you know, Cole Huskins is another one. Y'all probably know his dad, Brian Huskins, builds Brian B's crankbaits. He's another mm -hmm. one. I fish with him on the weekends. He's going to skyrocket up, but it's getting a chance. And right now, we have so many people getting into fishing. It's a great. Everybody wants to be in the tournaments. Like the open's still up so fast. This is still up so fast. But I mean, it's, it's a good time to be in fishing. It's a. As if you are just. Come on down to the Carolinas and fish for a few months and test your skills. <laughs> That's what we need to do. I know, well, you've got two classic champs or titles. Hank Parker's got a couple. 
Is there, are there any other classic champs from your region? Uh, David Fritz. Mm. I think that's the He's, five. I think that's the five. Five, five. Well, it's all it's all in good company and uh, man, amazing stuff. And uh, you know, we're gonna be all pulling for you coming up on Hartwell. But I was, you know, I I want you to take a minute. Tell us, we're gonna give away. We've got a great uh, question at the end of the show, and it's gonna be our grand prize. We're giving away courtesy of you. Uh, tell tell us about the a grand cooler prize. full of Jacqueline Cherry. Um, I believe the, the, the grand prize is coming from, uh, rugged road uh, outdoors. Um, wonderful company. Uh, if you want to take a minute to look them up on the internet, the internet, they have a wonderful cause that they're the owners very much behind 100%. And they decided to jump on board and get behind me for the, uh, 2022, 2023 season. Um, the product is absolutely incredible. We actually got one of the soft cores in the other day and a backpack and I've had the 65, which I believe is what you're giving away. I've had it for a while. It holds ice. Wonderful. Um, you will not be disappointed with that cooler. And best thing about it is your four year old go out and pick it up. I actually have a picture of my eight year old holding it over her head and she's a little bitty girl, little bitty thing. It weighs nothing. It oh. keeps ice. And uh, it really does it. It really does its job. Um, kind of a little background on the company. They um, basically take profits from the cooler business and they dig wells for people to get clean drinking water, which is pretty cool. So if you're interested in it, you know, if you want to look it up on the internet, they have a really cool mission statement. And That's I couldn't awesome. be happier than to be teamed up with them. Right on. I like that. Great call. Awesome. And we, we're, we're, uh, we're pleased that you were able to bring this prize the bass university and uh we're looking forward to giving it away to one of the because it's a very difficult question it's a fantastic asked question here at the end of the show uh our trivia question so we hope you guys will hang in there to the end but uh it is uh i know well she's not going to come with the cooler but can can she pop one and tell us a story <laughs> can you come tell a story oh dear okay <laughs> i just I, I decided to keep it like not the story that I really wanted to tell, because that would be very embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> so you're going to keep it PG for What's up to you? Tell me what you're Go for it. Tell me your story. Okay. <laughs> All right, Pete. Well, I really, Carpenter, this is for you, because... All right, I'm in. All right, so... <laughs> I can't listen to telling Are you getting shot? No, I'm not getting shot. There's for you. Oh. So, <laughs> classic, classic 2020, right? Uh, Gunnersville. Like, late later in the night where we went by one of the bars, we said hello to everybody, Hank's, you know, carrying the trophy. And we're in the elevator going back to the room and you could just kind of just, I mean, he just completely decompresses. He was like, babe. I got to tell a funny story. And I'm like, okay. He goes, I'm not wearing any underwear. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm literally going, I'm like, where are we going with this? I don't like, I'm not sure. And he, he proceeds to tell me he, I guess, got a little nervous on, <laughs> on the way or whatever. So I was in the elevator. Yeah. He was going in the, down that morning. Yeah. 
going down in the morning and let's just say the underwear had to come off. And so the whole day, my boy is, is fishing commando. Wow. Yes. <laughs> what is the classic? No underwear. That's yes. My honey. That's a good story. You'll never forget it. Carpenter. That was for you. That's fantastic. Thank you so much. That's historic. We will be telling this story for 50 years from now. This is awesome. It happened. But I mean, it's real. I mean, you want a real story? That's about as real as you get right there. And you can't happen to you. You can't ever say that. (laughs) Hank Cherry sharded in the elevator on the way (laughs) to the classic. I thought it was going to be air, but it was a little more than air. (laughs) (laughs) Hank, where did the underwear get thrown? Uh, I had to throw it in the trash. All right. In the bathroom? We love you. You know how much those underwear would be worth right now, Hank? I don't know, but I don't Ew. know. No. <laughs> well, look, it happened on the elevator, so I either had to go back upstairs embarrassed, or the bathroom was right there when I got off, and the bus was already coming to get everything, and I was already in a bundle, and I was like, I'm just going to go to the bathroom and take care of this. That's what so what, what, day, what day was this? Huh? This was day three. Yeah, this was the last day. Oh, last month. God, that's amazing. No, literally hoisting the trophy. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I had pants on. <laughs> oh my did god. Did you feel different that that's day? Bad. Did you did you did you feel like like you know, just I don't know, just more connected with nature? Free. I don't know. He felt free. Yeah, freer. Well, for oh, for the first couple hours it didn't feel real good, I promise you, because I wasn't catching them. <laughs> oh, that's true. More connected with nature, just I'm just glad my sweatpants didn't rip. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Wow. That, that, well, that must be a sense of freedom that we all aspire to, I guess. Look at Pete. Pete's like, I never expected that story. (laughs) Thank you, Jacqueline. That was fantastic. That was perfect. That that is a fantastic story. We're going to use that as a trivia question down the road. You realize. (laughs) (laughs) You got to be known for something. Yeah, the the only classy champion ever known to not be wearing underwear. <laughs> We're gonna give away tackle packs and coolers and sunglasses, underwear, everything. Hey. <laughs> yeah, you, know, you, you can call dude wipes after that one. Yeah. Well, they oh, made the man. general for Larry Nixon. They might make the commando for his next. Yeah, there you go. That'll work. That's good. <laughs> Dude, that is brilliant. Dude, that is general. That, that's Sorry, gotta be the next jerk bait color, right? Come on, Commando. Bro. Come on, Birdman. <laughs> Brad, Brad, give us a call. We want a commission. <laughs> that is that is beautiful. It's the right size and everything. You know, mm-hmm. you know, my mind's always on it. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Xbox make, right? Come on. Yeah. <laughs> Jacqueline, thank you so much for sharing that with us. Mm-hmm. You're welcome. Only for y'all. Yeah, nowhere probably. else. That's right. Nobody I else was listening. You tell Ike, I wouldn't have done it anywhere else but with y'all. <laughs> <laughs> we we will we will tell them. And we appreciate we appreciate you guys. Appreciate you both. Thanks so much uh, for spending all the time with us. And thanks for being a great speaker for Bass University. Yes. Our students love love your seminars, and we really appreciate you. And, uh, Jacqueline, thank you for sharing him with us. And <laughs> we want to wish you guys great luck this year, and good luck winning number three. 
Yep. All right, we appreciate it. Thank you, guys. <laughs> All Thanks, right, guys. have a good night, guys. Thank you so Thanks. much. See ya. Man, that was. <laughs> oh, here's the text message. Berkeley's already on it. The three-inch translucent chartreuse darter grub. And <laughs> a Hank's commando grub. <laughs> Berkeley has a whole bunch of new uh, skews to be working on now. I'm sure. <laughs> oh, that's too good. All right, let's hit that yeah. commercial, Pete. That's historically good, is what that. Yeah, was. That, that's pretty. That's pretty awesome. But hey, you know, we want. I want to give a shout out to Riz. Uh, who couldn't be here with us. He's down in South Carolina with our boy Jeff and Nate. And um, they're doing some Bash University production tomorrow. Uh, but they couldn't be with us tonight. But we just want to give them a shout out. And um, and we'll, we'll, uh, we're going to take a quick break here, BTC. Yes. <laughs> as I try to digest the, the, the story that she just dropped on us. <laughs> and uh, we're going to be back in just a few minutes. And uh, we're going to be talking about Bash University stuff talking to you guys and uh some more bash university live in just a few minutes we'll be right back be back in two shakes of a lamb's tail moment on the water not spent fishing is a moment wasted that's why minkota and humminbird have joined forces to bring you the one boat network products that communicate and integrate to help you take full command of your boat born from our commitment to making the most advanced fishing gear even better by making it work together the One Boat Network will help you find, get to, stay on, and catch more fish. When One Boat Network products talk to each other, they can navigate your boat automatically. They can give you a crystal clear view of what's below with no messy wires. And they can let you lower, raise, and change shallow water anchor modes from anywhere on the boat. But that's just the beginning. We're never done innovating integrating and making your boat simpler and easier to control all so you can make every second on the water count tackle warehouse is proud to sponsor the flw pro circuit and is the official tackle retailer of flw providing proven bass fishing gear as well as the newest and hottest tackle our friendly and knowledgeable customer service staff can help you every step of the way and we offer free ground shipping on orders over $50. Tackle Warehouse. Everything for the bass angler at the lowest prices. Guaranteed. I have to be constantly on the lookout for new techniques to stay on the top of my game. Giant. Some have been more Giant. successful oh God, than others. Giant. The finesse fingernail. Happens every time. The chain gang. Oh Broke it off. The crow's nest. Never let go. And don't even get me started on tackle management, especially trying to stop rust and corrosion. Peanut butter. Hmm, I could. Motor oil. Gotta keep the rust off all these baits. WD-40. Gotta keep the rust off. Silica, toothpicks, Q-tips, the list goes on and on. I'm hard on tackle, I fish fast, I need my tackle organized and protected. I can't be worrying about losing baits to rust. And when it comes to tackle management, there's only one solution. Flambeau Tackle Storage Systems with Z-Rust Technology. The original anti-rust tackle box. Uncompromised clarity. Renowned durability. The infused anti-rust option that is FDA safe and free of harmful chemicals. 
The organization options are endless, but there's only one. One box, one anti-corrosion technology, one family-owned American-made brand, Flambo Z-Rust Tackle Solutions. Preserve, perform, repeat. Hurry up, Peter. Peter. We're live. <laughs> Welcome back. <laughs> right on time, as usual. <laughs> Welcome back. To Did you zip it up or, did you, or, or no? That was so fun, man. Man, that was good what stuff. A, what a story. <laughs> that was a good there, right, though, Pete? We've all been there. I mean... We've all got one of those stories, and you were you were starting into yours, J.K. What, what's your story on Championship Day? Uh, I mean, uh, the All American uh, in 2020, I I puked my guts out. I could, I had to before I could get in the truck and leave. You know, so sorry, Bob. Right off your front porch, man. Yeah, but at right least you didn't shit your pants. <laughs> <laughs> puked my guts. <laughs> Mm. but I, I you know that's so awesome i i'm just i i've had so many of those near close encounters that didn't <laughs> turn into a disaster and uh but gosh almighty i mean it's it's been so close so many times btc nickname he's got one now <laughs> what skids commando oh commando yeah i attribute the win i mean you know come on yeah me nah yeah <laughs> not really not that i could think give me a minute but i, I can't think of anything in, in that in that arena well yeah. i i give you I, i'll tell you a quick one and, and you guys might remember it but i fished with a with a girl in uh arkansas and uh oh, man, oh, no, no. we were fishing we were fishing on, on riprap in a real crowded area and i always you know the bathroom situation always comes up and i'm I'm like, you know, look, if it's okay with you, I just tell you when I got to go, you tell me when you got to go and we'll go. And she's like, cool. She grew up with brothers and she, she, you know, comfortable in that arena, but we were in the riprap and it's crowded, lots of cars. And finally, after about three or four hours, we leave to another spot and we go into this very natural, no cars, no public, no nothing. Soft music and, playing. Uh, birds chirping <laughs> it's very romantic I, um, i'm pitching okay. i'm pitching uh, a jig into these reed heads sure and, you are and it's just there's slick as glass there's nothing so calm and uh i'm pitching along and 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 she's like pete oh my god i gotta go there's nobody around i finally gotta go and um i hear her clothes rustle zip zip you know I hear her moving around, I'm, but I'm concentrating on what I'm doing, obviously. And I feel the boat move like that. And I felt like, ah, she must've like, she's <laughs> sitting over the side, you know? And uh, so as soon as the boat went like that, it went just like that. My jig goes, thunk. <laughs> and I snap set the hook and I turned to the side and I flipped the four pounder right on top of her. Ah! <laughs> 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 oh my god she's screaming i'm trying to like collect the fish and look away and <laughs> she fall. 
into the belly of the boat and the fish is flopping and she's flopping around. (laughs) (laughs) It couldn't, I promise you, it was like somebody scripted it in a movie. It was like, as soon as that boat moved, that fish (laughs) and it was on. (sighs) But she was, (laughs) she is a good sport. We laughed. We talked about it on stage at the way. And it was just, that's awesome. Yeah. Crazy. I'd like to analyze this further, Pete. I heard, <laughs> I heard four pounder. I'm gonna just bash you this four pounder, flipping. It's your strengths, man. It's your strengths. Should I, should I? I don't think. I think I should just throw. You made a good point with Hank. If you had to get rid of all that other, I think I just need to get rid of all that other stuff and just. I think you already flip. did. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> My boat weighs five thousand pounds. I mean, well, it ain't from I gas. Done it, Brian. it ain't from too much but gas. Physically, <laughs> physically, I can't let go from the fifty different colors of of jerk bait and crank bait I carry with me. You know, I don't, uh, I don't know dude. if you. St- I think you're being exaggerating. I I feel like you've got a much much better handle on it than most people, Pete. I really do. Well. I think you do. I, I feel like uh, I feel good about this year's New Year's resolution. I feel good about it. I feel like I'm uh, I'm excited to try to advance the, what I've been working on for the last few years. It's it's pretty cool, you know. Yeah. Pretty hey, cool time. Hey, do I we... still love doing all the other stuff. I like throwing a jerk bait, a crank bait, and I love all that stuff. But um, but I I recognize that when I'm in the check line, it's a flipping stick in my hand, you know. Right. Mm, but. Yeah. Alex, how about you? Pete, when I'm in the check line, it's a rainy day in hell, I guess you could say that, because it doesn't happen too often. <laughs> no, <but. laughs> are you are you with or without the commando uh, scenario? I have had a couple of those scenarios myself, but thankfully not on tournament morning or anything like that. I have never flipped a four pounder in the boat onto my co-angler, whether they were using the restroom or not. So I'm still behind <laughs> you in that department. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, what a couple of stories. I feel like we should just have a set of topic and tell stories all night for one of these shows. These are hilarious. Potty <laughs> University. Story time episode, man. <laughs> we got we got all kinds of people that can tell stories. Pete's with the got the best of them so uh, out story time hey when you when you spend you know 20 years out you know trying to make it trying to win tournaments there's crap that goes down you're traveling around the country you're broke most of the time <laughs> i mean the, the stories uh just start stacking up but uh but it's all good it's all good and i love traveling with ike this year because i got a whole new set of stories you know <sighs> Yeah, they're we got, it's we never got boring. Door jams exploding and people running out of the house and you know <laughs> whole new set of stories to go after this year. Oh yeah, it's always always an experience with them. No no doubt. Sure. I'm, I'm, I you know I got I forgot on we were talking about uh fishing and you know important parts of the previous year and and uh, Brian Schmidt stayed with us this year. Uh, and I and I forgot that he was with us at Lake Oneida, and mm. what a neat deal that was because Brian spoke for us. I, I know, I've known him a little bit, but you know to get to know him a little bit better was was really cool. Um, he really was a good experience, like hanging around with him and Ike. Yeah, and Schmitz, the, the Schmitz conversation about fishing, and you know, t- two incredibly strong minds. You know, t- tackling a body of water completely differently. 
really, really neat experience. Yeah, I, I feel like Brian's like the universe is balanced to Ike. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, all right, you got that. We got to bring this in here over here. Let's balance this stuff yeah. out. It, it, you're exactly right, man. He is as cool as the other side of the pillow, man. He just um, everything is easy and calm, seemingly, you all, know. All shucks. And, uh, yeah, yeah, but yet intense. Like um, Brooks, who who practiced with me and also practiced with Brian, was you know commenting about. Well, he was telling me about how the practice went and his intensity. Be like just would not like de deviate from the sonar work at practice just you know per so persistent and you know scanning for hours looking in no man's land just to find the little bittiest piece of something that you know might hold a fish um using his forward-facing sonar to, to id fish and back off never even make a cast to him uh just really interesting the way that the the three of us really attack the same body of water in, in different ways you know but yeah, and you ended up in the check line right yeah like i said you know i i performed exceptional in that tournament i finished uh 15th place but i could only manage third place in my own house you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> so <laughs> that's a that's that's a that's like murderer's row in that house you know yeah uh, is pretty mm. pretty good stuff pretty good stuff but we we had some murderers uh so to speak this past weekend at the bash U. we really had some super talent with some amazing seminars and uh brian asked me this question i'm going to pose it to you jk what was your favorite this past week who was your favorite man that's a really good question um Gosh, there's things I'm excited about, you know, the fishing world getting their hands on in a, in a lot of them. But uh, to be quite honest, I mean, glutton for that big bait, you know, because it wasn't just a big. <laughs> that was it mine. Big swim bait. It wasn't just the big swim bait. Uh -uh. It was uh, go big or go home. Know when to, th know when to upsize your bait by uh, Brian Thrift. Yep. And guys that's the one that got me we have, reached, we have reached a point where i i don't know how uh airy talked about this with me matt airy he's like i don't know what you've done to get brian to give up so much of this stuff but you know I, i'd like to figure that out because this guy has gone from one of the most tightly kept secretive guys for to sure some of the juice that he is giving up to you guys is ridiculous yeah you know, like, and I think it's just, maybe it's a lot of success and he just realizes he's still gonna, you know, it's not about the baits, but like Brian's given up some, like some mods, like that mag draft mod. Yeah. He's not fast. He doesn't need to do that, but he did, you know, there were several, and man. Sharing these oversized crankbaits over, over, I mean, dude, it's like so many different bait categories in that seminar. Yeah. Um, and I mean, he did it with the fall fishing thing, and Brian has just become, to be quite honest with you guys, I I, I call him every year if he doesn't call me first to want to work work with us. Hundred so percent. We've come a long way with Brian, 
uh, from the, you know, the old school dock skipping seminar and the Tamiki air frog seminar from way back in the day. Air frog. I'm really glad that he's a, uh, you know, he's a senior instructor or, you know, professor at the, at the Bash university. He's bought in and he really brings it, man. That, that had to be yeah. my favorite. If I had to pick one, it was, it's tough to pick guys. There was a lot of, a lot of awesome stuff. Ike's, Ike's Gilly thing, you know, people are torn. Is it a gimmick? Is it not? I, I'm excited about that bait. I think it's going to be a surprisingly good bed bait, but Ike talks a lot about. Did you just pin it I as mean, a bed bait? That, that I'm not even going to give you guys the <laughs> trick because I think you should pay for this kind of stuff. But like, there's a trick that Ike makes that bait to look more lifelike than any other bluegill bait out there. And it's not just swimming it. Like he blew my mind with that, with yeah. that modification that he gave up. Ike did, but I, I'm sorry to be so long winded Pete. I could literally sit here and talk about our seminars and a synopsis of, of, of it for hours. Like just some of the stuff that just blows your hair back. And that's what you get, man. That's yeah. what you get. Um, with these guys. So well, well, great Pete, weekend. Yep. Sure. Yeah. Well, well, Peter, I'm, since I'm the producer, I'm going next. Um, I just decided, but basically, <laughs> unfortunately, it's everything Justin just said, um, Brian thrift seminar was, was the one I got the most out. I got a lot out of, there was, <laughs> there was a lot there, uh, this weekend, but that was fantastic. And, Pete, I'll let you go on in a minute about what Matt Heron ended up giving up, which was pretty insane, you know. Um, I did not catch Mike's seminar about the ghillie, but I could tell you that that bait is super, super legit. You know what I mean? Like, it comes through pads. <laughs> like, I've thrown that thing in pads, and pads pads kind of suck, you know what I mean? Like, it's it, it comes through pads better than a frog. And then hits you a little opening. It's a sick bait. Really? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's going to get bit. It's the right profile. It's lifelike. You can go with the natural kind of green pumpkin ah. color. You can get the – dude, I'm telling you, I'm going to put that thing – I'm not a great bed fisherman, and I got a little better last year, but I'm going to catch sight fish with that ghillie this year. I honestly think if you're if you're lucky enough to be a tournament fisherman listening to this episode right now and you don't take me seriously – you're 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 missing you're gonna miss out because that bait will be the best sight fish bait there is for at least one year until people get onto it really this sight fishing season the first time they see that the lifelike colors dude i'm gonna catch a sack on that thing i just I, i really believe it it's powerful just from other stuff i've seen in my past experiences from some of the best sight fishermen john cox you know been in the boat with jt kenny doing it He's practically who taught me, but man, I'm telling you, that thing's going to be powerful. Peter has left the building. Oh, oh I'm back. Hey, Pete. Yeah, no, I, I I agree. We we um great seminars, and you know what, JK, we've we've been in this situation before where um um guys want to give a a seminar on a bait, and I'm like, oh man, you know, we we can't allow it. You know how we get, you know, we're uh. As my my wife's giving me some baits because I I asked for her to bring them up because <laughs> looks like she sharded on them. They're uh, <laughs> they're all wet. <laughs> that was, that was <laughs> uh, 
they, they, fell in, they fell into the dog bowl. Uh, I don't know what's worse. <laughs> the, uh, I, I wanted to get because after Ike's seminar, man, I I signed up. I got him. Um, and I. That's and the I wrong like, size. Got, got all the sizes. Uh, it's the wrong one. And, yep. <laughs> What's the that's, right one? That's Brian? the wrong one. Shell, Jake's calling me. Just messing with me. My wife. Sorry, guys. My my son's trying to break through the uh, the the live show. But the um, <laughs> but this is uh, I mean they're just beautiful baits, and the way that Mike has figured out what do they look the like outside of the package? Designed it to rig it so many different ways. Uh, is just phenomenal. I, I can't. I can't wait to throw it. And so, yeah. so my point is, I've had guys come in. I'm like, oh man, we cannot let them do a commercial for this bait. And uh, and he didn't. And he like gave the goods on why he designed it and how he designed it and all that kind of stuff. But uh, it's a it's a it's a fantastic tool. And uh, so I picked them up. But I love that seminar. I love learning about his grass ripping technique. It is a staple. Everybody's got to go back and see. JT Kenny, I told you about this, Justin. Results. Like, JT speaks like fa like facts. You want to win, you want to catch them yep. wherever you're at or get in the top of the tournament or just be consistent. JT cuts through all the crap right to the goods. Yep. And, uh, and I love that about both his seminars and uh, – you know, he was amazing. Thrift was, you know, one of our best speakers. But I got to say, and we had a – man, Wes, Wes Logan was amazing. With yeah, he his, was. With his passion and his enthusiasm about river fishing and shallow water grass fishing, really, really strong. But my favorite uh, is the Matt Heron. Um, man, the, the talking about how he's using Humminbird 360 – and mega live uh to scan docks on your outboard amazing just phenomenal give it Rotten. all up make them pay for it make them pay for it <laughs> it's it's just it's truly it's truly amazing uh altering his settings in the 360 to make it more efficient and and using his forward facing sonar you got to go see it it's it's going to be released and it's it, it was blow your hair back moment because personally for me i love dock fish i'm a doc you know i mean if i can get on a dock pattern i'm in i'm dropping everything else that's the way i'm going and um he's like you know, bugs bunny what's up doc <laughs> and he told me a way to be more efficient right taught us all a way yep. to be more efficient so yep. my favorite matt heron hats off Thank you. Great one. Great weekend. I can't imagine what's going to happen this weekend. So who we got? Uh, it's going to be it's going to be killer. We've got Patrick Walters in the house. He's going to get. Well, I already gave you guys this at the, at the beginning of the of the show, but I, I'll give you three seminars of the twelve that I'm looking forward to the most. Um, Patrick Walters top five for pre spawn. Uh, that's 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 going to be a good one. Um, Gosh, this is going to be really, really tough. Uh, John Cruz, the right jig for the job. He's going to break down um, kind of all the different types of head designs and what just help you. For all of us who have a finesse jig and a football jig and flipping jigs and like 
five or six different jigs or more, he's going to really help us think through how to use those to, to be more efficient and to be better strike to catch uh, with all of them. And uh, gosh, this is because I, I can't wait for Drew Cook's sight fishing seminar either. But Brandon Cobb, he's going to tackle this tournament strategies one, run and gun versus slow and methodical. You know, I would know Brandon as more of a run and gun kind of guy, but you know, he won back what he, he didn't win back to back. He went, he won like two in a month. He won at Hartwell and then he won at Fork. Yep. One was where he's normally known to be a run and gun guy. He was slow and methodical, right? He was slow and methodical, put himself in an area and picked it apart and won. And then a couple, couple, you know, a month later or whatever at Fork, the dude's running and gunning and winning. So he's won both ways. So he, he deserves the, the right to, to, to do this seminar. And he's going to teach us on when to do either. You know, what, what situations call for you to slow down and find your best area and grind it out. And the other ones to run a pattern or, or run, you know, isolated cover or or whatever it may be and, and, you know, hit as many spots all over the lake as you can. So that's always a fun uh, conversation. It's kind of high next level. And I think that's why I'm looking forward to it the most. Awesome. Well, come by and join us. I put the link in the uh, IMs for you guys to, uh, you know, go over and get yourself tickets, come join us. Um, it's, it's going on. It's going to be going on real soon. Riz is going to be there. Jeff, Nate, Everybody's going to be there. Um, I have another story. What? Okay. I got a story. Um, I was gifted. Well, here, here's the situation. I was gifted a couple baits for this holiday season. And um, this was the bait company. And as I opened up my package that, that I was gifted on, on the live show, I was to receive two of these amazing amazing glide baits yeah and um nice as i as i opened up the the packaging and i was thrilled um this is the only one i received so hmm. what, what? my question is that we gotta we gotta be detectives here how hmm. did this happen to me Oh my God. These packages arrived. They arrived. Now let's. I'm going to take you through the timeline. Yes, let's do that. They, these packages arrived at Brian Stockwell's house. They were moved from Brian's house to the studio where he is now, where he interacted with Riz and Ike and who knows who else. And then these packages and, and other deplorables eventually <laughs> delivered to me. No, they were given, wait a minute, they were not shipped. They were given the Riz to deliver uh -huh. uh, to me along with, with some other. So who was the last stuff. person that had them before you got them? Who, who is the culprit? Who do you think did it? So who gave I hear, you? I hear Brian backpedaling as if he's not the culprit. Backpedaling, I, I asked you a question. The culprit. By the way, this, the, but this segment brought to you by Founders Dirty Bastard. Last week, <laughs> last week, this was for Jason First Christie off, on you YouTube. Got a one, and you were supposed to get a bone white one and a shad one, Pete. What? 
I did not even get the colors that I was supposed to get. Pete, what? Pete, stick to your New Year's resolution, Pete. <laughs> your New Year's resolution, Pete. We're trying to help you. Is he trying to help me? You tell me, people. Is Brian Who? the culprit? Is I've he the one? I've got a theory. I don't think there's another another person, like somebody outside the circle that wasn't supposed to get one who ended up. I think somebody who probably wants two of everything, you know, and can't just live with just having one of a certain color. I bet somebody who wants two of everything probably ended up with your Glad it could be that. Could be that. Okay. It could be. Yeah. I think it's Ike. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely Ike. We all know Ike. It's you know. <laughs> Alex, who swiped my my Glide baits? Who do you think swiped them? Somebody what who I loves you Pete and wants you to. Is that our founding fathers came up with a lot of great amendments to the Constitution, and my favorite is the fifth one, and that's what I'll be using here to get out of this question. <laughs> Dude, I'm telling you, I threw that bait two weekends ago. Oh man, is that thing is that thing sweet? It rides high, Jake. which is what you want. Ask BTC the expert over there. Well, I'm not, and you not hardly. can wait it if you need to, if you need to get it down. So, but that thing's got some drawing power. There's a lot of good guide baits out there right now. I'm telling you right now, that clutch, I'm going to be catching some donkeys on it. Yes. You know what I wish I could do, Pete? I wish I could take that white one, that bone one, and go back to Mexico with it. You think I might catch one there? Yeah, I think you might, but I think you're deflecting from the truth. <laughs> I don't know. Who, I, who, I don't do you, who do you think stole the Dean's baits? Who? I'm not going to accuse anybody of stealing. Baits uh, available. I don't necessarily think questions were asked to get to the bottom of it. It's just like, oh, okay. You know, that's why my glide baits stay with me in a special watertight box. Yeah, Ron. What's going on? This, I feel like these, I feel like I'm getting answers like people are afraid to talk to the police. You know? <laughs> like, he, come on, man. We got, we got to help the community here. We got to know who the culprits are. Look at the bite marks on them. PTC? Possession who, is. Who stole, who stole these baits? Possession is two thirds of ownership. Isn't that what they say? No. Or, or three. Nine tenths of the law. <laughs> <laughs> Looks like you got more than your new year's resolution would allow. I think, I think you should probably even put that one up on a shelf or give it to somebody who would, you know, use it and appreciate it and throw it. Um, put, Alex, would you mm. please make a wanted poster to put on the back? <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. I'll get on that tomorrow. That's yeah. a great idea. Yeah. The case Pete, of the disappearing glide baits. Pete, we'll work on it, but JK to go back to what you're saying. So that yep. bait, the, the hinge, pin sits i talked to the bait maker uh, yesterday i don't know yep. day before whatever it's it's yeah it had to be yesterday right yeah that hinge yep. pin is left riding high you could pull that hinge pin it'll expose a chamber that you can weight that bait if you so choose to to get it to to run a little bit deeper and if you go to the clutch uh instagram page or tiktok channel you'll see uh from this past weekend Chris Zaldane at a at a show throwing it, yeah, in a tank. That's cool. And saying, uh, "I'm taking this one with me." <laughs> Guggen, no, he, Guggen he, don't make the, one like this. I'm going to take this one with me. 
And what's cooler, if you guys really can't figure out why we all got them, we just there's this Bash U subscriber out there. His name's yes. Josh. He's got Clutch Swim Bait Company, and he decided to gift us with with those. And you know, he's been riding with us for a while on Bash U. I think it's pretty cool that guys like Josh are coming coming out from you know learning bass fishing through Bash U, and then making making baits like this for people to have fun on. And uh, I mean, the proof's in the pudding. I mean, this this bait's already caught a lot of people, a lot of a lot of big ones. So there's a lot of glide baits that do, you know. Um, I was just holding up this this one. This one was in uh, Brian Thrift's seminar. This same exact one. That was one of his faves. Is that Ronald? Um, Josh, uh, do you have any, uh, did you by any chance put tracking chips in the eyes <laughs> of your baits? Maybe we need it. We need to check. Call me. Call me. But but we got we got. But, we got you know, light fingers. Will, hey, but Justin, Justin, I'm if, glad you pointed that Brian, out. That's that's not the only. I'm sorry. What? If, I said if Brian took them, you'll get them back. If Riz took them, you'll definitely get them back. If Ike took them, yeah, uh, you're not. You're you not ain't back. saying them. Um, but but mm. J.K., I'm glad you brought that up. <laughs> that's not the only bass you subscriber that that's that's got a product out there. You know, we go back a couple years. Um, our guy in Florida, Silent Flip through Cortland. Uh, Justin. Justin Jones. Captain Justin Jones, you know, based off of a, a Bass U seminar, listened to a Bass U seminar about, about the noise that Braid makes, came up with a with a formula for a quiet Braid and got Cortland to make Silent silent Flip. And, That's uh, right. Yeah. Another Bass U seminar. Good stuff, man. Yeah. I know there are multiple pros, some that aren't uh, – sponsored by Cortland who who abide by that silent flip yeah. in grass for sure a buddy of mine what that's, that's all he throws is, happens here first that's right buddy of mine of it who makes big baits glide baits Keith Thomas at Black Talon that's what he throws that's all he throws throws his glide baits on that with a leader and he makes amazing baits I go check him out because Keith's about to drop some this week Mm, I can never catch up to those drops. Yeah. But I need to spend money on baits. I just they're really you know, good. Boxes keep coming in. Black Talon. I, I'm done. I'm done spending money at least through January. Well, um, Pete, just be happy you got one. I'm not. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm displeased, <laughs> and uh, and we're going to get to the bottom of it. Yeah, uh, I did happen to see a 19 pounder caught on uh social media what uh on on a glide bait what? uh just amazing catch a 19 pound bass when uh, when did happen uh, -uh. uh i i just saw it today so why well, was it in black and white I, <laughs> i'm not sure <laughs> I, I, it was on it was it was on tiktok stop it the social media by storm this this month was that 14.8 pounder out in texas tyler is real fishing tyler uh anderson he's he's got the big youtube channel um fished in college i think he caught like a 14.8 pounder off of an a rig all right who's slamming something on the table oh sorry gosh i i just sorry i forget we're even on a podcast that's right. all right it's been it's been all night it's, uh, it's, it's, it's his nervous tick because he knows he stole the glide baits <laughs> right uh. I'm sure with me, do, do, does anybody want to ask any questions? I feel like I've just been jabbering. Yeah, there's a ton of them. We yeah. were on a show. Get, 
Did you ever ship the glide baits to me that were supposed to come to me? <laughs> you talking to me? Yeah. I got. I told him to ship all the Jersey ones, which was eight glide baits, to Brian, and not the studio. Thanks for watching tonight, folks. Uh, we'll be back next week. <laughs> no, yeah. no, yeah. Sent my two to me. I'll buy you. I'll buy you a glide bait. We're okay. gonna get to the. We're gonna get to the bottom of this. We will keep you posted. But we do. We have an amazing giveaway, and I think we have waited long enough. We've got a terrific question and a Facebook like and share. If you haven't done that yet. Do like and share us over on Facebook. We got a prize for you guys too. BTC, what's up? Uh, Alex was going to ask. The, we got like thirty questions that people asked Hank that they didn't get to an get answered. So we're going to answer for him. Go ahead, Alex. <laughs> sure thing, Pete. I did see a good suggestion come in from you on YouTube. So Anthony Guy says you need to ask Becky because if she has a new Louis Vuitton bag, you know she probably sold those suckers on eBay. <laughs> Dog, that's a great. All right, we're looking into it. <laughs> but we're, yeah, we did like Brian said. There was in. a lot of what? good questions that came in. One I kept seeing on YouTube. I'm trying to find. I remember the question. I want to get the guy's name correctly, but what his question was was so you know he wanted to ask Hank if you go through a spot and let's say you're throwing a a pro blue color jerk bait and you catch 25 of them and the bite slows down a little bit would hank or any you know pete or justin would you guys switch to a different color maybe like a more translucent or maybe a shot color to try to get a couple extra bites out of that school first choice is for me is color uh when i'm at whenever i'm around a school of fish like that my my very first change once i don't get a bite is color and and that happens quick I'm telling you right now, when you're catching them on every cast and all of a sudden you go one and then two casts without a bite, do not make a third. Switch. Make the color change. Make that first. That's that's my choice. Next is yeah, sound but, chamber. Yeah, but what, what color? Next is size. Pete, Pete he's saying so, on that color change, are you, going, are you going another natural, more translucent color or are you going shock color? Shock. Yeah, it, it most well, it depends on the, the, the scenario I find myself in. But if I'm using a translucent, clear color, yeah, it, it's probably not going to be that shocking, but it will be, uh, it, it will be, you know, not like if it's an overcast, rainy, windy day, you're going to be, you're going to be changing between shocking colors. But in that situation, I might, I might do something like throw a purple hue on the tail or a chartreuse tail on the bait, you know, just something to give them something to target um, in that in that scenario. But color first, sound second, size third. Size mm. is always first, Pete. I, I use color changes in the middle of the melee. You know, I, I, I don't, like, maybe it's just, I think that it keeps them biting a school like that. I mean, I, I don't remember the last time I sat there and caught 25 in a row. It happened twice last year. Um, where I was cranking actually both times, and mm -hmm. I would colors every sixth or seventh fish, probably. And I mean, back to back cast, but I just I don't know, it just seems like you can keep them biting better when you when you are doing it in the middle of the melee. But if they quit biting on me, like I'm, I'm with you, Pete, you got to change sound to maybe even try a different lure action if you're trying if you if you have to stay on the same school, like if you're protecting it, you know, down well, over here land you you don't get 25 in a row you get like 
six <laughs> if you're actually lucky, and then you got to leave and come back, hope nobody hit them in the time that you were gone, and hope that they set up. If I because if somebody messed them up at the wrong time, and everybody go ahead and listen to me on this. If you don't give the fish enough of a time to reset up, you can ruin them for the rest of the day. So if you're waiting for that buddy to get off the point and you want it, don't just go straight over there when he leaves because you'll ruin that spot for the rest of the day. Just a little tip of advice for, I've seen many of a good spot get ruined and you can't even revisit it because it's, you know, they just, well, spotted bass are stupid anyway. So, I mean, well, that's it. it's interesting that you say that, JK, because Lou, Lee C, it asks, um, you know, why did JK steal Pete's Clyde bait? <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> good question. Good question. But no, it's good. The only, the only problem with your uh, strategy there, or not a problem, but that you got to deal with is when you have a big boat tournament, my gosh, you know, if you leave it, it's, it's gone, you know? And the chances of getting back here. on it are slim to none, you know? Yep, it, I made that mistake. You made that mistake before? And you follow. The BFL, I, yep. I found a school that would have probably won the tournament because our weights were so low. Yeah. I think it's 16 to win a 200-boat field. It was fishing that bad. And the next morning, on, I know it was a different day, but the next morning on the way out, I went and, and in two hours had 19, 20 pounds with one bait change that I didn't make. I lost a six pounder. I didn't get bit for like 45 minutes. And all I could think about was the swim jig bites that I was getting three or four miles North. And I knew I was on a community hole. So like I knew, I, I knew there was at least six or seven other boats that if they saw this spot open, they would run over there. And, uh, and I only had one in the well, lost that giant. And then I, I ran away and I get up to the Creek with all the swim jig fish. And I didn't realize it because I didn't pay close attention to the tackle warehouse event that was there the week before, but it was the creek Bobby Lane was in. And so it's it's a tiny little creek, and there were eight boats. I mean, it looked like a Jersey Winter League. They were <laughs> just everywhere. And so I hightailed it, immediately turned around. I think I stopped and fished for like 10 feet, and I said, nope, this isn't it. Ran back down, and literally my, my the spot's open. I'm like, okay, I'm just going to settle down and, and figure them out. And a boat comes out of the other arm where I'm coming back down to and just slides in about 20 seconds before I could get there. And I, I never could get on that spot the rest of the day. It's a, it's the difference between a guy that's going fishing and a guy that's fishing in tournaments. It's a different strategy, as you guys can mm -hmm. see. Because, man, if you were by yourself on that lake, leave them, you know, and then come back. But, but in a tournament scenario, man the the pressures and the the all all the intricacies of the decision making start stacking up gets trickier so uh but interesting stuff it, great question alex yeah. what else you got yeah pete this was actually a good chance for you to model a little gills gear for us here so wawa <laughs> hoagie wanted to know if those were suspenders built into your shirt or if that was just the design on your shirt <laughs> this is the design on the shirt this is uh we're going to be wearing these shirts at the Bassmaster Classic at the Bass University booth. That's her. Right. Landed Gills and Bass University. But this is this is one of the styles that we're going to be wearing. But these are not suspenders. It's just like uh, yeah, pretty it's sure just very suspenders. casual, man. Those are Good his uh, 
his flipping stripes to remind him while he's fishing to stay within his strengths. Don't put down the flipping bait. Stay within my strength. I think I may get that tattooed on my forearm, you know? <laughs> you don't forget it that way. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Well, what, what is it again? Stay within my strengths. Never give Stay up. In your Stay wheelhouse. within your strengths. Told you not to be stupid, you moron. Remember that from <laughs> Howard Stern? It <laughs> had that audio clip from his dad berating him as a little kid. <laughs> Told you not to be stupid, you moron. <laughs> uh, I remember that well. <laughs> it's a long time ago. I know. He's still active. Are you listening to Howard these days? Absolutely not. No. Nah, really? Not, not in 20 years or 30 or something. Yeah. I, I promise you, in my opinion, he's still. I think the best interviewer out there. Okay. You know, he's really uh, strong at that. His skits go off the charts and all kinds of craziness that, uh, what kind of guests uh, does he have? Every guest that's in most, mostly entertainment uh, is where, where he lives. That's the space he lives. So in. it's Hollywood in stuff. The, yeah. Movies, music, I'm that out. kind of stuff. I'm out. You know, mostly. Yeah. But, no, I, st I still listen to him all the time. That's cool. Serious radio. Yep. Alex, next question. Next <clears throat> question for this is a true or false for Pete. Hellabass wants to know Hellabass. if Braid came from Pete's old sail rigging lines because Brian claimed he invented it, but we had, <laughs> we had a couple <laughs> quarrels with that. <laughs> That's true. You know, when, when I started using it at first, I could drop my weights down and I, I would – like the the orders that i gave my uh you know my people was sound of shells <laughs> my people free <laughs> sound of sand you know that's that's what you would use back then but no it's me i did i invented it you invented it what's that what was the first braid wow uh. was it was it power pro no well know. no braid was i mean i don't know but i think braid was one of the first lines used but we went away from it there was there was all kinds of of lines before monofilament came out monofilament came out and revolutionized lines and fishing and uh and it, and i don't you know this is a ken duke question because he probably would know but I think we've gone back. We didn't realize the advantages of it back, you know, back then. It was like we were looking for the invisibility component. Um, and that's why mono became the, the way to go. And uh, but now we've, we've gone back. It's because they didn't know how to tie a braid the floor, braid the mono leader either. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but there was there was a lot of lines like that. I, I don't know if they would be braid, but they. Maybe they were. Maybe they. I, I don't know. That's that's uh, before even my time. I think they were called you know? rope. They were what? That was called rope. Rope. Yeah, it was. <laughs> it was rope back then, Pete. I remember braid I surfacing somewhere in the nineties. I gotta say, it's like early mid nineties, maybe when braid surfaced. That I I recall. Was it spider wire? What was the first one in the recent times that oh, like took us by storm? First person to offer any answer wins. I thought it was Power Pro, but I could be wrong for sure. Oh, by the way, speaking of Ken Duke, mm. tonight's trivia question does not come from the brain of the mighty 
great and powerful Ken Duke and did right. indeed stump that mighty and powerful brain of Ken Duke. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's a good one, guys. It's Stumped a good me. Pete got it in about four minutes. Did he really? Yeah, in about four minutes. But the thing is, he didn't guess a lot of wrong answers. He he did a lot of calculating and I, you know I, problem I, solving. I, he got it in four four. You, the, yeah. the answer is going to be three names, and he it only took him four names. So bravo to Pete. Yeah, that's tonight. good, well, dude. Well, uh, you know, I think I think I think we might you know might be time to give this prize away. What do you think, Brian? Yes, Peter. Yeah, we're going to be talking for a little bit. I doubt anybody's going to get it that fast. Yep. Go ahead. Right, roll it out, it. JK. We'll take a few questions if people can't get it. So I'm going to I'm going to throw it to you, JK. It's a okay. great question, and this is for the grand prize, a three hundred dollar value, um, and courtesy of our boy Hank Cherry. So um, I'm going to throw it to you, JK. Let's go. Yep, Alex, you got the answer. I texted you. I sure do. All right, here's the question, guys. So this Bassmaster Classic is going to be the fourth ever Bassmaster Classic at Lake Hartwell, dating back to Alton Jones' victory in, I believe that was 08, 08-ish. Um, you also had Casey Ashley's championship. You also had um, Jordan Lee winning his back-to-back. Uh, his second one was at Hartwell. So this is number four. What three Bassmaster Elite Series pros are competing in their fourth classic at Lake Hartwell? After so after this after this tournament, there will be three pros who have competed in all four of those Lake Hartwell Bassmaster Classics. Can you name those three anglers? What an amazing question, because it's you know. It's it's over a span of how many years, JK? Oh, uh, it's 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 fourteen years, thirteen years, guys. This rugged road cooler, you heard it, man. It's you know, this is a really awesome prize, three hundred dollar cooler. What do you say? His his little boy could pick this thing up. It yeah, was so light. His daughter, <laughs> dude. I gotta get one of those. I'm struggling to get my cooler, and like I'm the idiot who fills up his cooler before he puts it in the truck. You know, rather than put it in the truck and then fill it up, I do it every time. And I'm like, <laughs> why did I do that? You know? You know, it's funny. I got a Roland Martin story about this. This is interesting. <laughs> oh, please. Um, and it, Nobody's he's, got so, it. he's so smart and interesting. I'm, I'm, we're, we're next to each other filling up the gas pumps, and I, we both got ice. And we're uh, putting it in our boats. And I do what I always do is I throw the ice on, on the ground to break it up so that I can fit it into the cooler and and he looks at me and he goes pete why are you why are you throwing your ice on the ground and stomping on it this is where your food goes you don't throw your ice on the ground what are you thinking and he just (laughs) absolutely criticized me and uh belittled me for uh, doing something completely stupid which was absolutely correct you know if you're and whatever you why would you put all that dirt fuel oil all that crap you're just grabbing it up and throwing it right in your cooler so there you go courtesy of roland mark <laughs> don't throw your ice on the ground at the gas station 
<laughs> well, Pete, I hate to interrupt your story time, but we did, in fact, get a winner already. The board what? was right on it. Get out of here. In fact, the second and the second one submitted was only one name off, and I guess probably the 25th to 30th guesses was the correct answer. Go ahead, Alex. Nice. You say it. The correct answer that came from the keyboard of Mike P, who will be winning the $300 Rugged Road Outdoors Cooler, was Gerald Swin, John Cruz, and Greg Hackney. Congratulations, Hi, Mike. How about man. it? How about it? A lot of Hank Cherry guesses, but he did not make all four. Congratulations again to Mike P. Mike, if you'd send in your subscriber number for me, we will get you that cooler and... 2,500 shakes of a lamb tail, as Brian might say. <laughs> I got to say, heck of, heck of ass on, on YouTube had two of them. He had Hackney and Cruz. Mm. Yeah, my I man. I got to out to our pal uh, and our partner at Visit Anderson, uh, Neil Paul. We'll get to see him this weekend when we when we film. But he he's the one who provided that trivia question for me. We were just catching up, talking about hotel rooms and just information he needed uh, this for this weekend's event. And uh, – and then he he posed that posed that question to see if I could get it, and it took me twelve names to get all three. So I I, I wasn't thinking about the guys who left for MLF and then came back for whatever reason. I it just made me exclude those guys, and it was it's a great question. It took it took them at least what a minute to get it or so, maybe two. Hey Pete. I got a question Thank from from a buddy of ours, Keith Cowan. Real quick, spell epoxy. E P O X Y. Thank you. He's been trying for like three hours now to get it and couldn't. Even with even with the uh, spell check. <clears throat> but yes, Keith, what's up? I miss that guy. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's what, not why good is he with spelling. Spell epoxy. He can't spell. He's just trying. He's working on the things he's weak at, and he's weak at spelling. <laughs> So, no, stick to your strength. Don't work on your weakness. Stick stick to your strengths. Keep selling. Just, yeah. just just throw a spinner bait on the outside edge of the grass. <laughs> you got this. You got this, Keith. He does have uh, it. He does have. Uh, it's great stuff. I can't believe you guys found the answer to that question so fast. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that was that was amazing. What a great prize. Thanks, Hank for providing that and Jacqueline for, for telling the greatest story in the history of the world. That's a good story. Yeah. It was, that was good. That was fun. Um, and, uh, thank you. Thank all you guys, uh, for hanging out, you know, tonight, appreciate you, Alex and BTC, yep. JK. What do you got? What do you got? BTC? I don't know. I don't feel like I'm ready yet. Um, <laughs> we still have, we still have a like and share to do. And, uh, Oh, oh and somebody suggested that Travis Manson, would have been one of those options. Alex, I think you saw that, right? I did, stealing, yeah. stealing my glide bait? Uh, yes, that, and uh, and <laughs> this is his fourth classic at Hartwell. <laughs> Probably not the second one. Might be the first one. Yeah, I think he might be someone that hates the glide bait even more than you, so I would clear his name rather quickly off the glide bait <laughs> suspect list. Is he, does he hate Why the glide bait? Does he, just... he tries to catch two pounds smallmouth with them and doesn't really figure out why he doesn't catch anything. That's my guess. I don't know. I was I was I was up at uh St. Lawrence with him one year ago, a year and a month, and he and he broke out a glide bait. So just well, 
smallmouth are they're 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 different when it comes to a glide bait you know your strike to catch is not really great um mm -hmm. and i may or may not be going somewhere where i want to be throwing a glide bait for smallmouth soon yeah and uh got got in touch with my good friend paul paul bailey and he gave me some awesome awesome tips on how to improve my strike to catch that i've struggled with when i've been with spots and some smallmouth with that with that bait so looking to see if that that that's kind of stuff works come on you can't leave it hanging like that no 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 no, no, no. come on February 27th 28th i'll be ready to give that one up oh please. you're gonna be I'll fired up on february 30th February you're gonna be fired 30th. before that if you keep those kind of secrets. <laughs> February thirtieth, I'll, I'll, dude. Let me have some for myself for a tournament. And well, then you can't lay it out there like that. Just keep it yourself for crying out loud. Did you say February thirtieth? I couldn't help it. You know, I talked to, <laughs> to for Oliver Knight about glide baits and smallmouth um, up at Thousand Islands, and and uh, and he was, you know. A like like you would expect but it was summertime it's a different kind of deal summertime it, the, the fish were showing themselves to them and mm. uh the big giants the big tanks were coming up and and revealing themselves like they always do with that big bait sometimes and you just got to show it to them you got to show you know what remember remember uh um thrift story about the dock and bringing those giant fish out that yep. you had no idea were there. Yep. <laughs> and the glide bait brought them out, and they, they fished them docks for it. With his tournament partner, they fished these weekend, you know, these Thursday nighters. And and uh, and, and his buddy wanted to throw a jig. I was like, dude, we, we've been fishing these docks for 10 years, throwing jigs and shit at them, and never saw these fish. Why do you think they're going to bite it now? But the, <laughs> but they went down them with a big bait, and this big bait brought all these giants out. And Brian's thought process was not to go back to the baits that they've been bit on before, because those baits never got those bites. But right. to change the approach, step back further, you know, make a longer cast, a silenter cast, you know, d different things like that. But it wasn't to go back to those other baits because those baits mm -hmm. never showed those fish. Mm, exactly, and that and it let them know that there was like like this. He was telling the story about like twenty pounds was a monster bag. Nobody ever catches that there, and he saw thirty eight pounds. I heard that right. Yeah, and that you guys concur? Yeah. I, like thirty some odd pounds, mid thirties came out from a place that uh, they never even thought that that kind of fish existed and um and that's the power of the big giant glide bait that i currently don't possess that's only right. this color <laughs> and um you know we uh <laughs> we uh you know that it can show you fish that live in a place that you didn't even know were there and that was that was an amazing seminar uncle ronnie yes was that the one he was talking about at the he time? did this one yep yeah, I uh, I think it was two years ago. I had a day with this that I I throttled them in the morning on 
um, on just a reeling swim bait, like a hard swim bait, like triple jointed, the one like a triple trout kind of deal, yeah. but smaller. And you just were winding it, and and they got off of it, and it got still and calm, and the fish were kind of around the spawn, uh, kind of ending the spawn, you know. And I I started throwing this thing, and I never caught one on it, but I caught four over four pounds that this thing drew out. Biggest one was a six and a half. And every time I caught them on the throwback. In fact, I would rip the bait out before it got to the boat, before the fish would get too close to the boat. Once I identified that there was a big one tracking it and mm -hmm. I would lean down and try to get out of eyesight and from my knees, grab the, my throwback bait and throw it back to where they came from behind them. So I wasn't trying to throw it on the fish. I threw it back from where they came from and I caught all, all four of them in that day. And I've done that here and there, but I've never had a day where I've done it four times. And it happened in like a two or three hour span. It was really cool. I'd love to get a chance to mess around with them like that again one day, you know? That, that's awesome. Awesome experience. They're really neat baits. Brian, we've got a Facebook like and share winner. And uh, who is that? Oh, crap, I have no idea. Alex, you got it? <laughs> I sure do. The lucky winner of the $50 TH Marine gift card from the Facebook Like and Share contest. Again, everyone, thank you to everyone that participated in the contest. It's a real big help to the channel. The winner of this week's edition is Josh Whitford. So, Josh, if you want to send us a DM or a message, whatever the heck Facebook calls it now, please send that over and we'll <laughs> figure out a way to get you that gift card. Congrats, Josh. Yeah. Congrats. Yeah, it's great stuff, and uh, it was a great show, man. Great information, uh, a lot of fun, a lot of good stories, and uh, looking forward to next week. What do we have on? Do we have our agenda planned next week, PTC? Yes, we do, Peter. Um, what do we got? I got Dan Quinn from Rapala lined up, guys. <laughs> if you guys didn't, if you didn't catch the last time Dan was on, Dan's what's Dan's title, mm -hmm. Rapala, Pete? Oh, I don't know. Pro staff manager, marketing kind of person. I think he, I think he's pro staff guy. Basically, right? Dan knows what every single pro on the Rapala staff is doing, using, throwing. And um, he knows it all, man. And he was phenomenal last time. This is not some egregious sponsor obligation at all. His his content was phenomenal. Um, and uh, we're going to have Dan on and possibly, uh, you know, a uh, – a pro on the Rapala staff, although, you know, I temper that, you know what I mean? Like we talked about a couple of names on the Rapala staff, but I don't want that guy to cause Dan to sit there and not talk because Dan knows so damn much, you know what I mean? Mm. I don't want him to, so we're working it out, but the, the content and the, the knowledge that he was spewing was phenomenal and we're going to do it again in a awesome. new topic. So, Brian, are you also worried that said Rapala staff member may have stolen a couple of baits from someone else on the show and you don't want to cause a fight that would also cause Dan not to be able to get his piece across? <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> probably. Uh, yeah, probably probably exactly that, Alex. <laughs> Alex, by the way, um, when we go to close out, I want you to hit your signature move. You know, Pete always closes the show, but you know. All right. You know what it is, so don't worry oh, about it, Pete. I'm gonna throw it to you, Alex. You're gonna throw yeah, it to Alex. I'm gonna see the signature move. Well, you 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 bring it out, you, you set it up, let Alex tap it in. So all right. All right. All right. 
Well, I'm going to do it right now because it's been a blast. Appreciate you guys. Appreciate you guys watching. And come hang out with us this weekend. We're going to be going strong starting at 9 o'clock in the morning. We've got some amazing seminars. Go check out the links on the IM feed. Go to thebashuniversity.com and uh, get yourself signed up for this week's classes. It was so awesome. Thanks, Jacqueline and Hank Cherry for uh, great, great stuff, great stories. And uh, thank you guys, BTC. And uh, thank you, JK. And uh, I am at the, we're going to throw this right now. We're out. Have a great night. Alex, close us out, buddy. <laughs> Try again. Try again. <laughs> What did I miss? I thought you wanted the classic mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you squirtled it, man. I think you squeefed it. <laughs> Try it again. I tried yelling it into the microphone, but it didn't work. Yeah, nice. Mm-hmm. Nice and smooth. There it is. Nice and smooth. Don't be, don't be distracted. One more time. One more time. Go ahead. We'll work on it.